Welcome to the First Five Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Corey, and I'm joined by my co-host, Drew Gotro. And today we're excited to have uh, his first time on the, the First Five Podcast. He is fresh off of a Don't Tell show in Pensacola, Florida that he just did last night, and he's here to join us today. Please welcome to the podcast, Derek Shirley. Hey, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Hey, what? <laughs> no, hey, very, very sweet and kind of you guys. Uh, and it's such a pleasure to be here. I've, I've watched this every episode of y'all and uh, JP and Tyler's show at work on night shift. I've got the other gal nurses into it. They like comedy now. They didn't know. And uh, now I'm here. This place is legit. <laughs> I'm not used to being in a real, you know, I'm used to being in somebody's garage or, you know, worse. Anyway, yet <laughs> comedy is good to be here. The garage is where he has the... The captor. Yeah. So we can't do it in there. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Shut up back there. Shut up. Yeah. It's okay. Hey, I'm a nurse. If you're bleeding or anything, just holler. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually the real reason we brought you Yeah, in. sure. I, hey, that's all right. That's fine. Hey, at least I I get paid in exposure, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. So and I'm eating my nuts. They're hanging out right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> tell us about this Don't Tell show. It was fun. It's the first one I've ever done. Uh, like I was telling y'all earlier, I took a, a blind date to the first one in Mississippi a few months ago, and it went. It was it was so cool. Like mm -hmm. it was in a wedding kind of event place in Biloxi or Ocean Springs. I get them all mixed up. It was fun. Josh Watts was there. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Some other comics I didn't know, but everybody crushed it. And last night I got to do it with Olivia Searcy. Uh, it was at St. Devalier Street. Anyway, it was at an arts center. And it was, I've never had a crowd this with it. It was good. It was so mm -hmm. hot. Anyway, good set. I teared up. I've never teared up. I teared up like by myself because I'm a man and I don't want anybody like <laughs> coming course. at me with feelings. But I teared up after my set. I went outside and it was so emotional. And I hate to, you know, I hate to gay out on y'all, but I'm in touch with my feelings. And I, yeah, I get it, it. Dude, it was the best moment in my life. Yeah. And I love my kids. And you know, I told, you know, they're probably the second best thing that happened to me you know, after them being born. I love them. They know where they stand. <laughs> but it was close. It was close. Yeah, I get it. I get you choked get up every time I watch Lonesome Dove. Ah, me too. When yeah, there's when snakes. Gus, or when Gus McCray's laying in that bed and he won't give up his other leg. Dude, that's you sad. Know? That is. That's yeah. good writing. My, mm -hmm. Me and my dad watched that a lot. A lot. Mm -hmm. Lonesome Dove. So, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I don't know how much of the comedy audience is Lonesome Dove fans. Well, now maybe they'll check <laughs> yeah. it out, right? They should. Yeah. <laughs> So you're so you brought a first date with you to the yeah. one in Mississippi, is yeah. that right? She That's was, a flex, right? That it, I guess I don't know. Yeah, I'm a real like, sweet blonde girl. <laughs> she what? Oh, blonde. It, she, I wish. Hey, <laughs> I would have had the upper hand. Then she was way out of my league. She was hot, mm -hmm. hot outwardly, and I'm not saying just not a right fit for me. But yeah. fun at the thing. You know why I'm broken off? Mm. Sorry for watching her name. Her name rhymes with racy. It's okay. Lacey. Her name's Lacey. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she talked during comedy, and it, she was oh, beautiful. Yeah, that's, uh, she, I brought. I didn't bring her. She wanted to go to a couple of mics and shows, and she thought she was part of the show. Not in. 
it, it's almost worse when you're nice about it. Like just be mean and like cuss. Uh, I was like, oh, shut up, you know. Right. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, I told her it didn't work out. She yeah, went, that's a deal breaker. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. Does that make me like a horrible person? That makes you a comic. I, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Like, I can't go. I was a girl that talks during comedy. It's just yeah, not we're gonna, gonna be on your side on yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good, good. So very pretty. We had a good time. We got ripped off of like I think Maker's Mark or some some kind of whiskey. Mm-hmm. But we Ubered anyway. Responsible. Didn't have sex on the first date. Uh, sorry, FYI. Too too much information. <laughs> no, dude. This, that's what this is all about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but hey. Uh, so, uh, hey, I want to ask you guys, because you're both married, right? Mm-hmm. How do you feel like, uh, let's go with you first. I don't know. Not because I like you more. I mean, we can flip <laughs> a coin. But all right. How do you feel like you can balance comedy and your significant other? Just I'm not doing a very good job of it. Uh, I was driving around the day thinking about how um, I get frustrated a lot because my daughter tends to interrupt me while I'm in the middle of things and and we don't get to have like set aside time right. for us to like interact. She's always, you know, I'm at work, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm working on my car, whatever sure. it is that I'm doing. She has a tendency to just walk up because she has ADHD like me. And so she just and starts. Too. Yeah. So... I realize is like that's my that's me. I, uh, I have first of all, I gave her that brain, yeah, and yep. secondly, Sad. it's up to me to set aside time every day sure. so that if she's coming up to me and she's wanting to talk to me at the wrong time, at least if we had set aside time every day so mm-hmm. that I could say, "Hey, baby, I love you so much. Um, we're gonna totally talk about this mm-hmm. when we get together tonight, that's but right. right now, blah blah blah." But what ends up happening is because the time management issues that I have. Mm-hmm. I don't set aside that time. Yeah. So every time she interrupts me, I get frustrated and I try not to let her see that. Mm-hmm. But then I know that's on me. So yeah. I, so basically I'm not doing a very then good you job. you feel guilty. And about, I feel guilty all the time nah. about it. So basically until I set aside like a half an hour to just yeah. give her my undivided attention every that's day, good. it's probably going to keep happening. Like right. That. Well, it's a constant struggle. And I'm yeah. like, what are you, what's your thoughts on it? Um, It's, pretty easy for me my kids like i have a my stepson that lives with us Mm -hmm. and he kind of does his own thing and my kids live with their mom so they come every other weekend so usually the weekend they're here Mm -hmm. i usually won't go watch shows i'll try to stay home i might come do a podcast but we won't do like two in a a day you know i don't like to do a whole day of podcast and if i have a um if i have a book show i'll go like the next weekend Mm -hmm. they come that's why i was like Telling Michael it would yeah. be good to do a pod this weekend mm-hmm. because next weekend I have a book show. Yeah. So I don't want to podcast and do the right. – because we only have that short time. Time together. I know, man. Mm-hmm. I had mine every other weekend forever. It's, yeah. it's now that I got a ball and bachelor pad, they want to, like, hang out there and, like, live and nice. I think it's kind of good, too, like, yeah. being married and stuff. Yeah. Because there's – um. It saves me from a lot of distractions. Yeah, it does. That I think if I was a single man, for sure, I'm not worried about getting laid. No, I'm not. Uh, I can't just. Yeah. I can't really get caught up in a in doing a bunch of drugs. Yeah, you know, I do the sure. fun drugs, yeah, but yeah. That, like, yeah, that I can't just do anything. I've got sure. a wife. I've got kids. Like, Shacks I can't and, be getting in trouble with the yeah. law and stuff like that. Checks you know? and balances. Yeah, good. So and it keeps I'm you humble. humble. Yeah, I'm able to focus when I'm doing comedy. Like I'm yeah. able to focus on comedy. That's I'm good. not after anything else. Yeah. You plus, you, plus, y'all both have somebody 
to share the happiness with when you have a yeah. good set. If you're a loser like me, you're just talking to your dog or cat, and I love them, but you know. Yeah, yeah but, that's true. That is a good part you, of it. You can I, be married and still not have somebody that you're celebrates right. when you're things right. are yeah, going you're right. And that's fine. But, you know, as long as you have your own things. Like, what yeah. am I saying? I've been married twice, and I'm getting fucking worse every time. I'm not getting better. I'm not getting better. But I think I could be just asexual now mm-hmm. for the simple fact that I'm too, so busy doing comedy and then taking care of my parents. I just crash the fuck out. Like, I don't have time. Yeah. I don't even want to get laid. Yeah. Ladies, I don't want to get laid. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> reverse psychology. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that, that actually works really well. Yeah, Take it from a, I'm beating down my door, and that's fine with me is what look, I'm saying. As a former evangelical who mm-hmm. used to take that very seriously, I can tell you that the minute you tell a woman no, you pretty much have like a golden ticket. You're right. <laughs> yeah. And I to did, put it in her butt. <laughs> yeah. You're right. And brown I ticket. say it not sarcastic. I'm not like sometimes. I say it not to nag a woman mm-hmm. and I'm mean I'm like I don't like you I want you out of my life and then it just makes them come on harder and oh, yeah. heavier I'm like no I didn't want that I meant mm-hmm. it like but yeah. anyway yeah. Right. women love that, a challenge <laughs> that was an uh, experiment on <laughs> Seinfeld George yeah. Costanza wore a wedding ring yes I remember that just to uh, hit on women but then he couldn't get past that no. yeah. it was, uh, everyone was like too bad you're married <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I love it hey the, I've tried doing the opposite of everything my instinct tells me. Another thing, yeah, stands yeah. Mm-hmm. like right when I started comedy, like two years ago, and oddly enough, my life worked out pretty well. I mean, yeah, it has ups and downs, but I was like, uh, you know, normally I wouldn't. I've been writing jokes. I was a pussy for like two years. But I'll go to an open mic and just check it out. And I didn't have the balls to do it until mm-hmm. I did. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I went through that too. Yeah. 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 I was like, yeah, I don't know what pushed me over the edge. I don't know. Maybe a couple of head injuries in a row, but I just don't <laughs> carry it. I don't think I'm, you know, special needs quite yet, but I don't think I have uh, my impulse control is maybe a little skewed, mm-hmm. but. I just don't care about mm-hmm. getting booed or when I sleep fine at night. I can handle a bad set. I'd rather have a good one, but you know, you sure, know sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the so the don't tell show that you did last night. Mm-hmm. Let's get into a little bit more detail on <laughs> sure. that. How did that go? It went so good. I I get so nervous. Like I was just telling y'all before this got set up. Like open mic show doesn't matter. I mean, good nerves. It's good to be a little mm-hmm. nervous, mm-hmm. but uh. Everybody brought it. Olivia, Cersei, mm-hmm. funny, uh, beautiful friend of mine from Pensacola uh, was was putting on the show. She did a few minutes, and then a buddy of mine who I brought with me, very funny guy, Lamar DeFore. He's mm-hmm. had a, he's had several shows in and around Pensacola and Foley. Uh, he I, he just bought a ticket and was going to watch it, and it was a super awesome. Uh, it was a great crowd, and it mm-hmm. was. They were ready to go, and my buddy got to do five minutes, and then I did. I I was supposed to do ten, and I wasn't stoned or I wasn't drunk. I'm just dumb, and I thought she was lighting me. She was taking pictures of me. I was like, man, her light is like not real bright. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, all right. So I wrapped it up with a minute bit that I sometimes do at the end. And then she's like, that was great, but you stopped at six minutes and 50 seconds. I was like, fuck. I could have gone four more fucking minutes. Are you kidding me? Well, that's all right. I left him wanting more, hopefully. Because usually my mind is uh, leave him wanting less. But that was a good one. I left him wanting more. 
So the don't tell people, where are they uh, centrally located? I don't know. It's nationwide. I looked it mm-hmm. up at work the other night, and you used to just be in the major metropolitan areas like Chicago, L.A., New York, and then it just started branching out in Asheville, Austin. Now it's like you can, I think, contact your representative. I don't know if it's like, uh, you know, unionized, <laughs> but it's a big network. And then once you're in, you do your bio, which I just did yesterday, like right before the show. Then you're in there, and I guess the, theoretically, I don't know how it works. I need to look it up some more, but I'm just so fucking pumped and surprised that I got asked to do it. It's an honor and a pleasure. Like, I'm so grateful, even for open mic sets. Like, and, I, and I'm not, like, thinking of anybody in particular, but every city you go to, like, I wish I had a fraction of some of these super overly confident open micers that, like, you know, hey, I'm just grateful. Like, the sense of entitlement in some places you know mm-hmm. and there's gatekeepers mm-hmm. everywhere is staggering you know yeah. i'm like i would never think i never think i crushed it but it's good my mom was a little critical and that's good you know why mm-hmm. because it taught me self-awareness and mm-hmm. to always strive for better i don't want to be one of these guys who sets up the tripod gets like like one or two laughs chuckles maybe and then it's like yo guys i killed it did y'all see that like no self-awareness so yeah mom was a little harsh but it's good it may it let me right. know where i stand in life yeah. yeah it's good that we're lucky to have tyler arsenal yeah I he love will it. let us know you know every it. now and then he'll say that's just not a good joke you <laughs> I know love it. or he'll tell you like a certain line <laughs> or a tag and he'll be like it's, you don't need it. It's hacky. Yeah. Hey. It's overdone. Yeah, and hey. he's right a lot of times. Right. And then you'll say, "Yeah, it's true." Like it, this is I'm, this is a thing that's it been is. done a million times. I don't I don't need to do it a million and yeah. one times. And some people might might say out there, "Why listen to talk?" A lot of reasons. Skankfest. He's a funny dude. I met him two years ago, and I was so out of my league on this show. You were in the audience. Mm-hmm. It was at some uh, milkshake bar somewhere out in you know Denim Louisiana. Springs. Denim yeah. Springs, mm-hmm. dude. It was him and Carissa Crawford. And anyway, everybody was funny. But outside, he was like, that's funny. You ought to do that. I was like, I was just talking to him. I was like, it's not a bit. It's true. I just started. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, anyway, I did it, and it worked. So thanks, <laughs> yeah. thanks Tyler. <laughs> Am I pronouncing that right? Arsenault. Yeah, yeah. And that's right. And Drew Goudreau? Uh, Gotro. Gotro. Mm-hmm. Shit, I got it now. It rhymes mm-hmm. kind of with GoPro. Gotro. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. That's Good. right. Well, I'm glad that the go the, the don't tell shot. Fuck, that's all right. I drink too much. <laughs> I'm drinking too little. Wound tight, y'all. Well, that's cool. How did you end up getting like? Do go, does go, the go do the go tell? Do the don't tell people contact you? Yeah, and here's the thing: you're not supposed to know who they are. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think it's like you know people know who they are sometimes. But it's not supposed to be like officially who they are. So you know, I've been not promised. I've been telling them maybe you were going to be on this next one. Maybe you're going to be on this next one. And then I finally got the text, and I was like, uh, "Yeah, hey, calling into work right now. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon." Mm-hmm. Didn't know where it was, but I just know it's stage time. And it was when you're used when you're from Mississippi like me. You're used to maybe five comics or maybe two or three drunk people. So when you get a show like that, oh, man, that's why I drive three to five hours for good mics even because mm-hmm. I want to utilize my time 
around people who came for comedy, even in a mic sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a whole different ballgame. I wanted to ask you about that because I noticed, like, once you showed up at the Armosphere mic mm-hmm. and you mentioned that you basically, you saw the podcast, we were talking Man. about it. And so you were like, fuck it, I'm, I'm going to the Armosphere. So what... What is your experience? Do you typically have to leave your home state of Mississippi to be able to have a good experience at an open mic? Sometimes, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not being dismissive. We used to have a few, but we got a good mobile one, uh, several good mobile ones come and go. But uh, uh, I like a mobile one on Wednesday night, Bo Hayden's, but we have one on Tuesday night at the Juke Joint. And it's, it's, in, it's like, it's really reminiscent of uh, atmosphere. It's like an old like kind of two-story house, and it's got cool lighting, and it's got raccoons that live in the trees out back. Cool. Yeah, but it's got a good stage and good low ceilings. It's a good dingy, like, comedy club vibe. And some nights it's magical. Mm-hmm. Some nights it's just me eating a bag of veiny ding-dong yeah. in front of my friends, like four <laughs> comics. So, you mm-hmm. know, you got to take the good with the bad. If yeah. I make one of them chuckle or snort or somebody at the bar have any reaction, even just like a ugh, I'm, then I'm somewhere. Yeah. I know I'm going somewhere with it. <laughs> yeah, cardiac arrest. <laughs> yeah. You got to take a, I eat shit a lot. You got to take, I don't try to take a big risk. I'm not like an edge lord or anything, but mm. sometimes you got to take risks as far as like new bits. You sure. Know? Yeah. Sometimes. It's always some risk involved. Yeah. yeah. But, there's no better feeling, y'all know, than a new bit working at an open mic. Oh man, that's oh, that's mm-hmm. like yeah, that's like busting an orgasm almost. Yeah, that's especially certain. one that's hasn't been working. Yeah. yeah, 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 or just a new one, and finally you have the balls to do it. You know, like commit. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, this is a little out there, but there must be something there if you wrote it down or right. typed it in your you know notes. So mm-hmm. yeah. And then you find out real quick from, I like honest friends, you know, and I'm, yeah. I'm a nerd, I'm a caring nurturer. I, I try not to be too like brutal, but yeah, if somebody asks me, I'm like, all right, this is a good bit. There's something there. Eh? But mm-hmm. then I'm like, I don't know shit. I just been doing this two years. I'm a nurse. So, anyway, right. Yeah. I know what I like. You know, that's funny. We sometimes will, sometimes I'll have like a bit. And I'll be like so happy that my home club is Atmosphere, and so I, I that's love my Tuesday the night, dude. That was that's it's a great of, mic, it's right? A great mic. And you and did I, it, and I think what I, like two, the next week or maybe two weeks later, yeah, you got the yeah. headline. And right? that's dude, that's just being at the right place at the right time. That's mm-hmm. how you know I used would do at the Hi-Ho, another cool place in off St. Claude, and y'all know mm-hmm. who it was. Yeah, you know sometimes if it's it's a lot of writing and going up every night mm-hmm. and every time I can and. But then a lot of it is just luck. If the right person sees a good set at a hot mic, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. then I, that's what I tell my folks, my buddies back home that are moping. I'm like, just keep doing it. <laughs> right. Ride with me. I offered to, there was like four people that backed out coming to Armosphere. And as soon as like the next two weeks, they're like, oh, fuck, I should have went, man. I'm like, no, <laughs> get a free fucking ride, dickhead. But hey, whatever, I know. Everybody else has a wife or a girlfriend. You know, mm-hmm. I know they were probably like, "You ain't going with Derek to Lafayette," and rightly so. Derek's not real responsible, but he's funny. <laughs> I hope they say he's funny. <laughs> All their wives hate me. Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't. That's not true. So, Drew, you had a pretty amazing experience last night. Dude. Yeah, I wanted you, to hear about it. Drew, uh, this is his first time doing Stone Drunk Sober Mardi Gras. And it's the first time that anybody did the Mardi Gras team that wasn't Tyler Arsenault and, and Ken Edwards. So we didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you walk us through your experience? Um, 
So I was team Mardi Gras. Uh-huh. So I ate some shrooms, yeah. some gummies. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is <clears throat> I did a test run Monday night with them first, uh-huh. like just at home. Good idea. To see, and I was good like, idea. Well, this is good. I'm definitely feeling them. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm tripping right now, mm-hmm. but I, I could do stand up like this, you know, this mm-hmm. is fine. Mm-hmm. And then last night at one point they started hitting and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and <clears throat> like even when we were outside by the green room, it's all, there's like an incline. Uh-huh. And at a certain point, I was like, I got to get on flat ground because I was like this incline. I was so aware of this incline yeah. to where I was like my cat, my calf muscles started hurting because I was thinking about like I'm trying to Your be equilibrium. level. Right? Oh, no. And uh, how so, many did you eat? How much approximate? And just out of curiosity, like, well, what's see, your threshold? And here's the thing: I was like, I'll eat four, mm-hmm. and with I did the math to where I was like, okay, I should have, I should have three left, right? And then, like, not long before I was gonna go up, I was in the bathroom and I ran into my sister in law's boyfriend, and he was like, hey, next time you know you want to do some shrooms, you know, let me know. I'll do some with you. And I was like, look, man, I got some some of these gummies left if you want them. I was like, there should be three in there. Mm-hmm. Like, All right. And then we opened it up, and there was just two. So I was like, oh, <laughs> that explains a lot of what was going on <laughs> earlier, you know? Yeah. But it ended up going perfect to where when I did go up, uh-huh. it I was too- feeling them, but yeah. I wasn't, like, freaking out. Yeah. I was – it was – I figured because you won, and you must not have been. Yeah, pretty I don't good. know if like you do shrooms or yeah. if you have experience. If you've done shrooms before, uh, no, you know how I've s- never done. Yeah. yeah, I did last night and the night yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You said that earlier. Yeah, uh, they, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, sometimes when you're where it's like you're not really like seeing a bunch of shit, mm-hmm. but you just feel really good, like that yeah. warmth and happiness, you're at, yeah, and you're yeah, like just real a light. Blanket. Yeah, that's how I was. I was I feeling that. so like it was. Super. I said in a group sure. chat this morning. I was like, "What I learned last night. I never did comedy on mm-hmm. shrooms. Yeah, it's like doing stand up on shrooms is fucking. It's a blast. It is. It's being at Club Three Three Seven with the crowd of over two hundred rowdy people Damn. while you're on shrooms. It's not as fun. Oh, I can't <laughs> imagine. I, oh, I, I took, I, I took a couple one time, uh, maybe <laughs> last week. Uh, anyway, and. Not even 20 minutes from my hour-long drive from the coast to, to Hattiesburg, which has a good mic on Thursdays, so pro, Southern Prohibition Brewing Company. Anyway, standing room only. It's always packed. Sometimes the that doesn't mean you're going to get last. But anyway, there's a long hallway and all the comics there, sometimes 20 or more. And, uh, and I was off to the races halfway to Hattiesburg. The last couple of miles from Forest General Hospital, not only was – I only did like two little pieces. This mm-hmm. is and and this is what is weird about them. Sometimes it takes four hours. This took so quick. There was a, a cop followed me all the way to the mic, and I'm luckily I was driving good. You know, I didn't think it was dumb of me to. It was probably a taxi, really. Yeah, to be honest. it probably was. <laughs> yeah. And then I realized I'm in my dad's car. My car, my Denali, is still in uh, in parking garage at uh, in New Orleans. And I got USM like alumni stuff all over. I was like, oh, he's just giving me an escort. You know, he thinks I'm royalty. In <laughs> but then I got to the hallway, and my friends, I don't think they knew. But then Mary Ryan looked at me and was like, are you okay? And I'm like, 
yeah, I'm not going up. And, you know, my eyeballs <laughs> were this big and I just hung out and got a ride with a friend home. And it was, yeah, but yeah, there's a fine line between. Yeah. Two well, ready. the thing too about shrooms is there's different, uh, you have different species. Yeah. Like a mid, yeah, that's the good thing about like it, it being, it's legal some places. Yeah. So I get sure. it places that's legal. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're getting this species or yeah. this one. So you can do research on the potency yeah. of them. Back in the day where you just, we'd, there we'd was get, a bag of mushrooms and you just sh- didn't know what they were just mushrooms. Right. You didn't know what they were. So you and, didn't know what they were going to do to you. Yeah. We didn't even have those in Mississippi. We just went to our buddy's cow pasture and got them out of the actual cow shit. Yeah. That's where yeah. they usually came from. Yeah. And we didn't know that you had to dry them. This was in the 90s. So we <laughs> would put them, I remember wrapping up a bunch in like a, a handkerchief and put it under my bed and I got home from like high school I was in high school it was just a big black mush you know mm-hmm. yeah I know so so Drew you um, you were up against uh, three other teams a sober team a, a drunk team and a uh, stone team and I'll be honest with you after the stone team had both gone but you hadn't gone yet I was like well stone team is the team to win they just had two killer sets uh-huh. yeah i still think they were the strongest team of the night to be honest with you yeah. uh, maybe as far as consistency right. for both right. team yeah. members sets all the way through yeah. but man everyone was on fire last that night was just, it was fun dude yeah and it looked so packed i looked at the pictures dude yeah i don't know the exact number of people in the audience but it was 200 certainly two plus wow. 200 plus for sure yeah. now yeah. where's that that's uh where's that club, club 337 it's got Dang. a 300 capacity uh-huh. yeah you know we say that that's just that's the most chairs that have ever been set up sure. and we decided we yeah i have I'll nothing to do man, with this. Right i have now. moved chairs <laughs> in the room that is the extent of yeah. my involvement in it but anyway the people that run the show uh-huh. have set up as many as 300 wow. seats in there and said okay that's going to be our capacity for this room yeah, I don't i'm know sure what the fire I'm marshal sure thinks right. yeah, yeah, so, well, i'm sure that comes into play the fire marshal because mm-hmm. i'm sure that's Part of how they come up with that too is like, how many seats can we have in here and then figure out the other people working on the show and Mm -hmm. bartender, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Still be able to get everybody out efficiently Mm -hmm. in every case. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the show was great. I was at the toward the end of it. I was like, well, we you know Drew's going last. Drew, mm-hmm. we're not really going to be able to know what's happening until Drew said. Yeah. But like Matt had a had Matt was thrown. Matt was his partner uh-huh. on mm-hmm. Stone Drunk Sober, and Matt. he's never done it before. Yeah, yeah Matt McCann. He, okay. He's never know. had Matt McCann has never up to that point had never been on a book show before, mm-hmm. and he, um we were like, we don't know what's going to happen. How You don't know what's going to happen. Never know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what uh, on comedy. Yeah. That's kind of like getting thrown in the deep end. Too. Oh, for sure. Like his point, first gig uh, like that around that many people and then being on shrooms. Oh, wow. Now, he's very comfortable yeah. with shrooms. He's yeah. you know routine user sure. of that, but and he's done comedy on it before, uh-huh. but... Still, like, like Drew was saying, yeah. like it's, it's a, you know, it's a challenge. A, that is. And it, that's certainly a, there were... That's like walking, that's like skipping a few steps on it the staircase. Is, it is. It and is. so, so he, so he got up there, and we didn't know what was going to happen. And he got, he had a surprisingly, he had the best set. He came up to me afterwards. I told him that's certainly the best set I've ever seen you have. Yeah. Well, that's so a win. He, so he had a great set, but then we still had to see what Drew was going. Now we knew Drew was going to do great. Yeah. Oh yeah. But. Last, but, that's a lot of pressure. But last is a lot of pressure, but there's an advantage to doing last, which mm-hmm. is that every, you're fresh on everybody's Everybody mind. Everybody really yeah. happens. Yeah, I like that. So so he got up there, and at first he was just having a great Drew set like yeah. he typically has. But it. I was like, 
when he was up, he was the last performer of eight. And I was like, this is great. Uh-huh. But some of the other people had such killer sets that I was like, if this stays just like it is in the first 60 seconds of his 10 minutes, yeah. somebody else is going to win and probably mm-hmm. team stoned. Yeah. But then as his set progressed, mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. Like, and then they get all of the people up at the end. All eight people are on stage and they just identify the four teams and give the audience an opportunity to sort of pre-vote. Sure. In a way, just to say, they just kind of gauge everybody. Yeah. Where's everybody at? And they, uh-huh. you know, and reintroduce all all four teams. Yeah. And I was like, okay, first of all, before they started that, I was like, it's going to be between any of the three teams other than Team Sober. Right. But then, as they introduced the four teams, uh-huh. I was like, nah, it's going to be Team Mardi Gras. They're yeah. already they're already indicating who they're going to vote for. Uh-huh. And then, sure enough, they oh, give. Yeah. Everybody except for Team Sober, a really big, rowdy response. Uh-huh. But when the two of them got up to, to get voted, it was clear. Uh, we rarely good. do Stone Drunk Sober and not have to redo the vote a couple yeah. of times because of the way people are. Uh-huh. But when they announced Team, I mean, yeah, it was clear. Dude, it was very clear. It last I'll, I'll pull some tricks, though. I watched enough Stone Drunk Sober, and I was uh-huh. on two of them. Yeah. And there's been some times where, I'm not going to say any names, because I don't want to sound like I'm talking negative about mm-hmm. people, where mm-hmm. one team might not have been as strong. Right. Where, like, one person did really yeah. good, and the other person didn't do so good. Right. Whenever, but there's another team that both people had really good sets, right? And the other team will win because when it comes time to voting, one team hypes up the crowd more than the other. Yeah, it does. Right? It when does. they were going like when after they did voting for Team Sober and they were going to vote on us next, I told I went in Matt's ear. Yeah. I was like, when they get to us, there, there's a little, there's a, a like. A pedestal, so I don't know what you call it, but the a stage lip. at 337, yeah, yeah, there's mm-hmm. like this rise, yeah, a lip mm-hmm. or whatever. So I told him, uh, I got in his ear, so they're about to, you know, they're about to call our name. I was like, when they call our name, mm-hmm. get on that, get what? on that thing. Mm-hmm. I said, get on that thing and do just go nuts. Yeah. So when they call our names, we jumped on that thing. I knocked the fucking silitex, the tiles. <laughs> I knocked the tiles into the ceiling. I had beads on. And then I thought I started laughing on the way home because I told my wife. I asked Matt to bring me some Mardi Gras beads because yeah. I couldn't find any. Uh-huh. So he's like to borrow some. So he's nice enough to bring some extra beads. And he gave, um, gave me some beads. Uh-huh. And I threw them out to the crowd. <laughs> I threw, I threw away his beads. He was nice enough Fuck to you, Matt. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Hey, that's swag. I didn't think about it until after. I'm like, oh, I just threw his beads away. Hey, you were doing that. You were getting the crowd yeah, thanks, hype, man. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. You are doing hype, boy. Yeah, I don't think he'll be upset, though. I think it was worth it. Yeah, yeah, But that sure. was a lot. I was like, all right, well, I'd seen that happen before. Uh-huh. So I was like, let's just... When it comes time to vote, like just go as Dope nuts as you can. Shit. Yeah, yes, that's a good, that's a good shred. Because you're, you're right. Y'all both right. Like sometimes, yeah, it's good to be at the end. But yeah, when they do the pre, all right, feeling out the who's probably the hottest. You got to make some noise and act like you want to yeah. win. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fun, and they didn't necessarily act, you know, act up very much during that part of it. Yeah, they they were per- playing it pretty cool, Just, from what I remember. Yeah, and yeah, and they were, point, yeah. and it was clear, uh, you know, they have dude, a little bit of an edge over that's everybody. A good else. Feeling that's a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. I'm bad. I've never had it. 
Oh, well, yeah, I did. But, it, hey, Ashley Branch carried our team. But I had a good set. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, you had some people visiting, or some people came and, and hung out, right? Like like half uh-huh. a dozen or so of your friends, family uh, and stuff. Yeah, I guess it would be mm-hmm. about that many. I had, like, well, my mom and her husband came, oh, and cool. my sisters, I mean, um, my wife's sister and mm-hmm. her boyfriend. And I had mm-hmm. a uh, a couple from... Evangeline Parish, you know, where I grew up, where my dad lives. So I kind of grew up half there and half Lafayette. Mm-hmm. And one of my good friends, him and his wife, just they didn't tell me they were coming. They just yeah, showed up and we don't get to I see like. each other yeah. much. So it was a great. It I was, got to see you kill. That's a good feeling. Yeah, and it was great because, you know, I really missed them and stuff. And then mm-hmm. after that, we went to Route 92. Mm-hmm. So then we hung out over. The, it's another bar in, in Youngsville. Yeah. So we went out over there and, uh, we had some drinks and took a couple shots and loosened up. So we got to catch up and we were yeah. talking and then he was telling me about his kids and that's cool, everything man. that's going on. So it was, it was really nice because already it was such an awesome night. Right. That's the icing and then on the to have, yeah, yeah, right. To have that cool, on man. top, it made it, it made it a little bit more special, you know? Yeah. See, I was going to ask you because normally I don't like people I know coming to my comedy shows, but every now and then like somebody will sneak in like a couple of married couple friend of mine. And I'll have a good set. And yeah, like, I was glad they showed up for this one. Yeah, yeah. like you don't. Yeah, because yeah. I don't want to pressure my. Fr- like, uh-huh. That's the whole thing about it being anonymous. I can eat shit and I'm fine. But if somebody comes to my show, or, or if like some people from high school are like, "Yeah, we want to come." No, you don't. No, you don't. You know, I feel like, <laughs> but you know, whatever pressure. I feel like, what do y'all think? It's fight or flight response. When you got a lot mm-hmm. of pressure, you're either gonna fucking bring it or you're not, and that's yeah. the way life is, I guess. What mm-hmm. do y'all think? Yeah, mm-hmm. I've also noticed the people that say they're gonna come to your shows are the ones that don't come. Yeah. You never. That's the only reason come, come, just come. I have a, yeah. yeah, I have a couple of bits about it, and y'all can relate. Every comic can relate. Yeah, it's like, uh, hey, when's your next show? Bitch, I've got my shit from April and May up. You just look at any of my three mm-hmm. show schools. Yeah. But I don't say that. I'm right. Just, I don't call no, of bitches. course not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you want to come, just come. I don't fucking want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Not to the face. Somebody asked at work, like, hey, can we bring our 14 year old daughter to see your company? I was like, yeah, you can. If you're a fucking horrible parent, I thought about dicks and pussies. No, don't bring a 14 year old daughter. And you don't come either, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Oh, shit. That gives me yeah, anxiety I'm, just thinking about it. Yeah. No. To be honest, I'm not sure I should be in her life. Right. I don't <laughs> to want to start with. Yeah. yeah. I, and I have a 13-year-old daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Which is not any better. So, uh, Bank Shift festivals. Uh, we've got a couple of festivals that we've been talking about submitting to. Uh, we got Altercation Fest, yeah. uh, which you don't have to pay to submit to. The altercation, no, no, no. Altercation, yeah. you do. $30. Then, yeah. Well, hey. I'm and then, uh, what's the other one? Um, Skank Fest, you don't. Oh. And so, are you submitting? Fuck yeah! I didn't even know that was a possibility. Yeah, Skank when, Fest. The deadline is the 29th of this yeah. month. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just shit. to let you know. Yeah, I'll have to, y'all remind me before I leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Altercation Fest too. I didn't even think about that. And Altercation, mm-hmm. they're taking submissions right now. I put mine in yesterday. Fuck yeah! What but is I it? need to check. I'm not sure what their deadline is. Oh well. So what is it? A three to five minute reel or ten minute? What do you do? What do you? Do? It's I think usually like five. five. Yeah. Skate yeah. fest says five to seven. Yeah, yeah. Five is plenty. Sure. I think yeah, five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. I, I well, think, sometimes I don't know if they want to see you get like seven consecutive, like like a whole set, like 
keep the LPMs high, you know, right. uh, which I kind of understand. But yeah, mm-hmm. usually the ones I'm seeing are three to five, right? Or, yeah, usually five. I was watching a set from the distillery uh, that I did in December, and the first three minutes are fucking hot. But yeah. then, like, I do a gay joke that does not that land in the three to five minute mark, right. and I'm like, should I submit this? Because it's probably the best take that I have at the moment. Right. And then by about three minutes, like, I, I get this pocket of it not being so great. <laughs> yeah, that's what sucks too, because you can't, <laughs> like, cut and you can't cut it up. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you yeah, can they don't start want to highlight it, right. You don't right. have to start at the beginning of mm-hmm. the set. But yeah. once you start the it's video, one, you don't stop till it's over. One take. Yeah. yeah one <laughs> continuous take. So that's as bad as, like, if you have. If you can't make your time, if you have like a lull in the middle, you kind of fucked. Right. And we know people that have reviewed these tapes and made these selections before. And so we know that like if the first two or three minutes are hot, you're probably good. Yeah. But you're also still taking a risk that if 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 the best tape you have has a lull in it. Yeah. Yeah. Get another tape. I know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or record every fucking set. That's what everybody. That's what I'm starting to think is probably going to be the strategy. If I want to jump into the festival realm mm. before i have the perfect five minutes yeah, at least, yeah, at least like showcases like yeah. Yeah, venues yeah yeah Holy so shit. i've got a show at adopt we uh lafayette comedy is mm. gonna do a a a showcase at adopted dog brewery in lafayette for the first time at the end of the month okay and if that goes well mm. That might be a great submission tape for yeah. me to try to get yeah. in just under the wire for the uh skank fest. Yeah. I don't know about yeah, because you can fest. submit, yeah, you can submit it the day after. I yeah. can't imagine yeah. walking around like seeing the people you see at skank fest. Holy shit, I would got yeah. to die and go yeah. to heaven. Yeah, we Tyler went and it's like he. Tyler was long overdue to have the experience yeah. that he had at Skankfest, uh-huh. but he brought along a comic that's an open micer yeah. who got to just be his plus one saw that. and have all these experiences. He, wasn't he on your podcast? Yeah, he, he was. was. He, he was talking about Brennan, it too. Uh, he was funny. Yeah, yeah. he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. Yeah. I didn't. I don't know him. I think I'd seen him out. He like recently in, relocated to Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that. That was one of the first episodes I think I saw of you mm-hmm. guys. But mm-hmm. yeah, and then I put two and two together because I looked. I saw Tyler's story somewhere. Right. I was like, I, that would be cool just to be the guy right? taking this game. But yeah, I'm hoping I'll, not to be this guy. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I'm going to get in, but yeah. I'm hoping it maybe Dude, hey, whatever. Hope, you know, yeah. find somebody who's going and become yeah. like their yeah. plus yeah. one. So just wh- to go. What is it like? How, what do you do when you get on a festival? I don't even know. Like I hear about. Do you do like how many well, sets? Well, so I think like, it depends on the festival. Yeah, it yeah. really does. Yeah, right. And obviously, uh, I, I think Skankfest Skank is then. three days, uh-huh. and you do a set a day, and mm-hmm. I think it's eight minutes. So I think you do three cool. eight minute sets. Oh, yeah, which is but, cool. You have a set to do, and then the rest of the day you just fucking party. Yeah, yeah. and that's great. It's, it's, it's a, a huge party. Yeah. Meet all and these great people too, for yeah. Skankfest. Yeah, so I think at the very least you get all your expenses paid in terms of. The bare minimum. I mean, you can't just go so there and run up, up a tab. Yeah, they don't put you. But up. they put you up yeah, and they, they fly you, you out. And I think oh, you might even get a food per diem, so you dude, can certainly go like beyond that. Travel nurse and almost. I love oh it. yeah, yeah. It's very mm, similar yeah. actually, but um, except with way cooler people. Tyler had a great experience. Brennan got to go, but Brennan got exposed. All the the thing is, mm-hmm. if you have a plus one at a festival like yeah. that, you. You can bring if you're the plus one, uh-huh. you get to go hang out in the green room. Yeah, you get, so you all, get the you same get all opportunities. The same, yeah, all the same access as if you're wow, on it. Yeah, yeah. all that. green room access. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Because I guess they figured like, yeah, if one of these comics that got accepted here, 
they know they're going to bring somebody that knows right well, yeah they yeah, you know, knows how to act in public yeah they so, certainly yeah. give you the opportunity yeah. Yeah. they give you the fair <laughs> shake in the beginning and then it's up to you well some yeah. of those people end up getting to go up sometimes what? Right? Is what they were telling us too like some audio missed the, it's skank fest they're yeah. all on drugs over there <laughs> someone misses their oh, every now and then someone misses a spot and they'll come in their green room hey that's so wild. looking for someone else can you imagine that would be so surreal Oh just, my gosh! Being right? There. Yeah, like your your submission tape's not great, but you you're a plus one, and then you end up getting an opportunity. Uh, I could die and go to heaven from that. Just yeah, that's dude. the coolest trip I probably Hell ever yeah. will take. You know? So definitely get your tapes together. You yeah. have tapes, mm-hmm. right? You have good tapes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, they're getting better. I, yeah. Hey, I got on. It's not as cool as either one of those. Well, yeah, and it's on right. It's smaller. I got on. Uh, I don't remember the night lunchbox fest, but the point is. I submitted a tape, and I think somebody was judging, and and just about everybody there's been doing comedy a lot longer than me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and and I'd seen along the way. I don't know what it entails, but I know that I'm gonna get fucked up for a couple of days and do at least two sets right. around Hell a bunch yeah. of dudes who've been doing it like ten yeah. more years. So yeah, That's and uh, no throwing shade, but I would say that you know, lunchbox is great, but you also were on a don't tell show. Yeah, so, I, I mean, know. And I would rank that maybe uh, somewhere. Yes, yes. <laughs> I agree. I agree. No shade. And I was I didn't even know who Tyler and Jason Leonard were, but I that, my first book gig was the first drunk versus stone but they came to the juke joint the one i was telling you about Mm -hmm. it's cool inside room but outside during the summer it's got a big yingling stage it's like this high Mm -hmm. and i felt like i mean for me i felt like i was on showtime at the apollo or fucking Mm -hmm. deaf comedy it was a good it hit and i remember like i i didn't know i met tyler at first i you know i wasn't being a dickhead i don't even remember seeing him but i remember seeing jason and there was no context like he was hosting the show mm-hmm. and and usually it's another dude from around there and anyway i was like he was like hey good set i like he said something about one of my bit like i think the role play or maybe he just said good set i don't know but i was like oh thanks i'm like who is this old dude tell me good set <laughs> well, now that, sorry jason let her know who you are i'm not anyway yeah, old yeah. fat gay dude yeah it's just gay dude wanting them dick ride me you know anyway <laughs> a little no. fat and a little gay yeah. Yeah. but i'm th- i'm so thankful for that show cuz then that nikki coleman uh, introduced me to the lunchbox guy who introduced me to so many funny people like Tyler, Will Merrill, Mike yeah. Honor Ray, mm-hmm. uh, uh, just so many folks from all over. Uh, mm-hmm. I already knew Ben Compton, you know, uh, like my third or fourth one. Here's how lucky I am. Everybody was either on Skank Fest or Kevin Hart's Heart of the City. And then then this dickhead who's been doing it a few months. Yeah, I was lucked out. I was lucked out. Well, I remember I was standing around after your Artmosphere feature set mm-hmm. and Maggie was, Maggie is, Maggie Shipley is one of the, uh, she's kind of like um, Jason's right hand in terms of uh, Lafayette comedy. Oh, wow. Jason is Lafayette comedy, yes. but he does have kind of Maggie as Yeah, Maggie's like right our Mom. She's funny yeah, too. She I just like, met her yeah, first is. time at Artmosphere when I did the mm-hmm. the the headline and yeah. uh, Mike. Yeah, she's very funny. I didn't know. I was kind of scared of her at first, but yeah. she's so sweet. And, and I don't fun. know yeah, if you is. remember this, but I was just kind of an observer, yeah. and I and I noticed her say to you after your your headlines, mm-hmm. "I'm like, wow, man, you've only been doing it two years, and look at you." Oh, like, that you know, was so sweet. I, yeah. I forgot she said that. Like mm-hmm. that kind of shit makes me want to tear up right? with happiness. Yeah, yeah maybe you know, it'll do that to you. I fucking, yeah. you know, I hate myself. You know, I never <laughs> think I do good enough. You know, I oh, get. I'm Maggie will give you like. 
That's sweet. The, the thing you've always wanted from your parents. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like the, that's the, it. She'll let you know you're doing like she yeah. gives you the she validates yeah, your hard work. Yeah, and she, she made me feel that way last night. Yeah, you that's know, good. Well, you deserve yeah. it, but it's good to get a like. Obviously, we need validation. Let's be oh, honest, yeah. but. Yeah, it's good to get it from a comic that you like and respect. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. uh, like her. Like I said, I was a little. I didn't know. I you know I know. Like I was a little scared because I never talked to her. I've seen her. I took another date to um, a lunchbox show just to see her and I think Delicia or another friend of mine mm-hmm. too. And she was there, but I didn't. You know. Anyway, I didn't know. But she was very sweet, and we talked. And yeah. Yeah, so I, I didn't know. So she's from Lafayette. Too. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, she's based here. The, yeah. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, the greater Lafayette area. So this is just a random offshoot, yeah. but I noticed that you you mentioned you've been married twice. Sure. Right, and now, you've taken several um, first dates yeah. to comedy shows. <sighs> you seem like the kind of dude who does all right with the ladies. I, I, uh, well, it depends on what. Despite you... bringing them to comedy, oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's so I would yeah, never it's... bring. If I was single, I would never bring <laughs> a date. <laughs> well, you should mic, just pause mic. for a second. Yeah. You, if you were in the in the mm-hmm. scene right now and you brought a date to your show last night, oh yeah, something like you that. Would be, so you would be so creaming her jeans. Yes, you. you would be banging sure. a ten yeah, if you I've, would have brought her. Yeah, last I've seen night. I've seen dudes like bring like. A chick on a first date to yeah. an open mic. Yeah, like, Brennan what the does fuck that. Is he doing? <laughs> Brennan <laughs> Robards, yeah, the guy we were talking about that Tyler brought to Skankfest. Yeah, he does that. Yeah, and well, I, you know, whatever, more power to you. They, I haven't been dating for a long time, sure. so it's like I'm not going to judge what a dating right. guy is doing. Wow, but like he's definitely done that. Yeah, I commend him for the self esteem. Yeah, yeah. Man. But, <laughs> hey, I hope you like. Uh, I, I think. Yeah, I think we're putting too much value on self esteem these days. Uh, <laughs> way too much. Yeah. yeah. Whenever I invite Dave to an open mic, I'm like, I hope you, yeah, the, yeah. way too much self-esteem. Yeah. I hope you like jokes about common buttholes because that's all it's going to be. And then my joke about Jesus might be, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It's common buttholes pretty much. And then I feel like, like in the beginning, two years ago, like I would bring or I brought a date to go see friends of mine go up. And I didn't know this was a thing. Now I know it's a thing. I would bring a hot day to just go see friends of mine. Mm-hmm. I would pay t- the tickets, whatever, whatever. And then my friends, you know, and uh, eventually would start going, hey, you want to do five, ten minutes? I'm like, fuck no, I don't want to do five, <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> trying to get dr- It's going right. to dry this lady up like the Sahara. Yeah, yeah no. Mm-hmm. And one time I was on way too many edibles, which everything eats an edible, so, you know, I yeah. wouldn't say they're illegal, but whatever, whatever. <laughs> and... uh I was like, no, no. And I went up. It was at a sushi restaurant, but it was kind of a fire crowd. And I was, I had no concept of space nor time, but I did well. And I, I was one of these guys that I was telling y'all about with no self-awareness because I was so high. I was like, I crushed it. And I saw the, the promoter in the back going, <laughs> and he, I was like, "What's up, dude?" He said, "I told you to do seven minutes. You did like three and a half and got off the stage." Yeah, that's how high I was. Yeah, I thought I killed it. It had to be thirteen minutes or something. Three and a half minutes. You know, wow. that was early on. That was early on. I nice. got, I got plenty of minutes now. Not good ones, but I got plenty. I got plenty of minutes. My prepaid phone. I could see that. Like, yeah. if I would be single, mm-hmm. I would do that move. Mm-hmm. I would bring. Definitely bring a chick to a comedy show and do the thing where, like, 
we skip the line and just walk yeah, in. You know what I mean? Right. That is kind of baller. Right. Do that, and then after the show, and like when I know it's gonna be a killer on yeah. you, and it's a killer on him, and then after like all the people she saw, you know, like oh hey, this is so yeah. insane. Yeah, like see, that you, would be baller. That, see, I I couldn't do that because I'm just now got to that stage like right. last week. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, but. You know what? Fuck women. You know. <laughs> well, so my question is: Have you noticed? Because you have whatever you have, right? Mm-hmm. Like whatever you have right now mm-hmm. to bring to the dating pool, yeah. you have it. Good way to put it. You know, irrespective it of comedy, yeah. but have you noticed a comedy bump in the pussy game? Oh. Or a pussy bump? No, no. I've a noticed pussy bump in the comic game. I've noticed just the opposite. I've noticed that. Uh, well, uh, maybe here lately. Okay. Yeah, but here's what I do with it. Here's how I fuck it up. All right, there was three very attractive, and they weren't dirty butts. They were like classy ladies. Very <laughs> attractive. Uh, at one of Lamar's mics uh, mm-hmm. uh, in Pensacola, this was a few weeks ago. Some friends of mine from Panama City Beach were there. I think Delacy was. It was after another one. It was a cool mic. Three very attractive. One was like from Morocco. One was blonde. And one, they were all equally like gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then they hung out and wanted to like talk to me about comedy. And I'm just the whole time I'm they thinking, what's the catch? <laughs> what's the catch? Like, are they going right. to drug me and get my organs or something? Sure. So here's how I fucking dorky I am. I walked over to the only two fucking dudes in the room and were like, you need some help putting this equipment up? Because I have no game, you know. Right. But, and I went home alone Same. and didn't jerk <laughs> off for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's good not to have game. It means you're, you know. Well, yeah. Sometimes. Here's the thing. And I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> we Maybe. Here's the thing. I, when I was young and single, uh-huh. I had, I had no game, right? I've never had game yeah. a day in my life, yeah. but I somehow managed to get the attention of some hot ladies yeah. throughout, you know, my single years. And once they started talking to me, they were like, oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Fuck those ladies. You're a sweet guy, dude. Oh, yeah. You got a good one finally. But yeah, yeah, no, I did. I, you know, sweet eventually landed me with a, you know, a, uh, you know, I put a ring on it. But I but did. in the dating pool, yeah. I was at a certain point in my early 20s, I was able to get somebody's attention. Yeah. And then as soon as I would like have it uh-huh. i would fuck it up yeah because like when i would be myself i would just be awkward yeah i used to do that too i think that's all comedy. You know, maybe not all but a lot of comics it's like hey i i fake this bravado on stage that's the only time i'm comfortable in right. my own skin that's the right. only time i'm confident i i just mm-hmm. feign confidence mm-hmm. all the time especially up there you know that's actually a really uh that's an interesting segue mm-hmm. opportunity yeah. I, I wanted to ask you about this so i've been just for the fun of it i have been journaling about um some observations that i've met about good comics sure i love talking comedy talking shop that's the best thing that's why i started comedy just so i could talk comedy with comics i mean the set's <laughs> uh, incidental <laughs> something you gotta do something you gotta do to get respect yeah. to talk to comedy people not comedy right comedy subjective it is and right lot. and there's lots of different styles and there's lots of different like you know you might do great in a black room or not yeah. do black, you know whatever all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff I, I might do well in like an atmosphere scene and yeah. then go out to like some rural area neighborhood bar and eat shit with yeah. the same material yeah. so so these are 10 things that I think good comics have in common okay First is comedic confidence. So I'm not talking about personal confidence. A good comic appears confident in themselves as comics and in their material. 
As far as anyone can tell, the comic is always comfortable and sure of themselves up there, never asking for permission or apologizing for a joke or a point of view. There may be sometimes, you know, when you're telling a joke about lacking confidence or like feeling insecure, or you may even act out a mm-hmm. lack of confidence for the sake of a bit. Mm-hmm. However, you know, you're funny and you don't have any self, you don't ever show any self doubt about that where comedy is concerned. And just side note, this also applies to like how you're behaving at the comedy show before you go up. Sure. Like if you were to like be kind of, you know, shaking in the corner and then like, right when they call your name, you run up and you put on a brave face. Uh People may actually notice that shift and and your confidence may ring as false Mm -hmm. if you were to do that. So just as a side note, it also includes when you're off stage too. But what do you guys think about comedic confidence Mm. being something that, that good comedians tend to have in common? Oh, I think there's truth to it. Just from my own experience, like when I, trying a new joke mm-hmm. if you um if you if i'm very excited about it right and i go out there and i'm like can't wait i like i know this is going to be funny and that's the space i'm in and i tell it that way it'll more often do but even if the joke needs work yeah it'll get at least a good first time For sure and then other sometimes if i'm kind of maybe get sit on the joke too long and then i'll start doing the overthinking thing with it and then when i go deliver it it like doesn't work at all we don't believe you but it's almost like i have to do it i have to try it again later Mm -hmm. and say it like say it like i know this is funny even if i don't still say it like that and then see what it does Uh so i do think there's a lot of i mean i've I've kind of experienced it, you know, so I think there is a lot of truth to that. You don't have to have, like you say, you don't really have to have confidence as a person. It even works pretty good to kind of um, sometimes play it up. Play play it like you're not confident, or yeah. you know what I mean, or you're yeah. you you don't have this high self esteem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that but you're confident in what you're doing right. uh, as far as the the comedy part right. of it. Because maybe that's your whole shtick is like a more self deprecation, you know? Right. Yeah. And then you're right. Yeah. But at least then you're still confident in the bit and the timing and like you said or you said both of y'all said and the kind of the the bravado and the cadence. I've seen guys at open mics before they were so drunk, but they were just like. Like, even though you couldn't understand what the fuck they were saying, they carried themselves with such confidence and they were so, their their cadence was so good and their timing, like, they still got laughs. And not right. saying that, you know, that was kind of a drunk crowd, probably, but yeah. we've been talking about that, though. We've, we've uh-huh. that's come up lately, just separate from this. That uh-huh. I've been hearing people say that you can get up there with the right cadence and timing mm-hmm. and you may not really have something in that bit. Yeah, but it's but if you delivery. get up there and you deliver I, yeah, it, that I saw way. some people do it Thursday night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I they, were de- like they were delivering. They were delivering setups uh-huh. with the cadence of punchlines and getting laughs, and I was like, "What the fuck are they laughing at?" That's not even that in, sounds like that's experiment. not even in, that's not even an intended punchline. Uh, nah, if that's the new, if that's the new alt comedy, I'm out. I'm like, right. oh, God, I'm gonna yeah, punchline. Please have something. Yeah, have something. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes I will have a maybe a weaker bit to myself, and but it, I I can't, like I do it just because I I've always gotten laughs with it, but. Here lately, I've just been like, "Fuck that!" I'm throwing it out. If I if I don't believe in it, I'm never gonna believe it. Maybe I will. I'll put it in the yeah. It feels like pandering. Yeah, it feels like yeah. pandering. And and like you said, black rooms. I don't pander. I have white rooms. 
I've had Asian rooms and oh, not wow. many, but wow, that's, like that's yeah, interesting. That's something it to see. is. And dude, they were they were like they were with it. I think, like you said, sincerity is the main thing. If you feel it, even though you're not feeling it, if you feel it, like it's like oh fuck, I got to do this bit again. I know it's good. If you pretend like you're telling your buddies in the living room or to you know telling your 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 kids or something, then you it'll it'll make you in the bed. I guess I don't know. I sound like a fucking pretentious dick. I no, I, comedy we're on the years. same page. <laughs> yeah, you've been doing it longer than us. Uh, number two, right. <laughs> number two is novelty. I think a good comic has a novel point of view. Yeah. They think differently and Absolutely. specifically avoid low hanging fruit. Surprise is a big part of why a joke works. Mm -hmm. And so if there's nothing novel about how a comic thinks, they're probably telling jokes with predictable and uninteresting premises and punchlines and being hacky. Like a good comic may play devil's advocate against the mainstream idea and opinions on a given topic. Like I watched Louis CK. He did a bit. It's just a little passing thing. And while he was setting up a joke and he, he said that he doesn't skip YouTube ads because it's rude. Yeah, Nobody that. does that. I love that. Yeah. I That's just that. purely it's being contrarian. Yeah. yeah. But it's super specificity. I love the, Oh yeah. The specificity. Know, yeah, yeah. No, it's original. Mm-hmm. And uh, cause there's only a finite amount of ideas before everybody parallel things. Right. It's like dating, airline food. Dating right, is weird. Know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, even, though i got bits about both of those things yeah i like to try to it, that's a that's a real important picking something original yeah and original spin on something. yeah exactly there, yeah. around like 2006 uh-huh. there was like uh some pretty good like dave Chappelle had that for what it's worth special mm-hmm. yeah and there was so i can't remember but i remember there were other specials that were good comedians of comedy all, 05 very good yeah they all talked because it was going on everybody special had jokes about michael jackson and yeah. r kelly Oh yeah, but everybody said something different. Different about it. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That way you don't have to worry about it. you know yeah. Uh, yeah yeah parallel thing. You just think of something so specific, you know, and weird or a yeah. spin on or, something. Yeah, or just absurd. Yeah. Now the next one is word economy. So yes. good comedians are not verbose. They communicate clearly and effectively with as few words as possible while maintaining a completely natural conversational tone. And it's not just about trimming the fat from a joke. It's, it's the ability to speak in plain, kind of dumbed-down language. And if you think about how the news is written to fit within constraints of like broadcasting or print media, uh, and historically has been written in like a high school reading level, so that that creates like a cadence or a style to the way that people read the news. I feel like comedy is exactly the same way. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. It, I think that the one the one before that was very important. I think word economy, brevity is even more important because yeah. I'm trying to get to the meat of it right. next setup. Or punch, even yeah. everything, which part of word economy, like brevity is a big part of it, Yeah, but that's not the only part of it. Right. Pretty much what word economy means to me is that every single word or every single sentence or whatever is pulling weight. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you can do the opposite of brevity where you're purposely taking a longer Setting time up, yeah. to say something because you're building tension yeah. or there's, there's some intention, but you have to say like, what is, what is, you know, what is this sentence doing? Mm-hmm. Right. Is this sentence important? And then it's like, okay, this sentence, you, once you identify what that sentence's job or task is, yeah. 
what kind of what weight is this sentence pulling? Then, then you it's know like, what to right, excise then, from. Yeah, so joke. then from there, then you go to all right. Well, what is this word doing? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And because word economy is so important, you can't really be like flowery mm-hmm. in your language most right. of the time. No. You it, it helps if you just speak really right. conversational Unless, and really plain. It's true. You it's know? true because also like I think one of y'all or both of y'all talked about if you've seen uh, sometimes you're a good writer. And that shit doesn't sound good unless mm-hmm. you paraphrase it. Yes. Yeah, you, you can write the idea. So a lot of writers, if it's been seen in print media before, it's fucking been done. It's probably not good. Like, you know, or, but but yeah, you need to, yeah, what you said for sure. Maybe you got to convey it in a more lay terms. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. a simple I, blue collar. People, people, and that kind of plays into some other stuff I want to talk about. Yeah. But yeah. the next one is memory. So this is just, mm, yeah. That's my worst. It's, it's, I'm going to paraphrase what I wrote. Basically, it, it's, it's a very simple concept. But mm-hmm. if you are focusing on trying to remember what you're going to say, mm-hmm. what's coming next, or like, what was the wording? Mm-hmm. You can't get into the right headspace to perform yep. your That's jokes. what I used to all, do all memorization. It was mm-hmm. so fucking dreadful and cringy. Yeah, that, like I've you mean mem- like when you used to just when write I, a joke and memorize it yeah. and you were just reciting yeah, I wasn't on stage? In it. I wasn't in it. Yeah. yeah, Even if the timing was mm-hmm. right, you, you just, people can tell that you're not authentic. You got to be able to like tell your joke you you got to be able to know what the essentials of your yeah. joke are, and it doesn't. It shouldn't have to be worded precisely right. the right way. Yeah. You should be able to more or less tell your jokes. Yeah, yeah. What I think what happens, it gets to um, well, like for me, like for last night, mm-hmm. uh, I listened to my set quite a few times, mm-hmm. and to like pay attention to every thing, every little thing like that, and I was like, man, I got like. I remembered every like I Good. did everything like it was all yeah. the tags all right. yeah because but it just came from doing that stuff a lot to yeah. where when I would always do it like don't try to remember to say it exactly like right. it is just get through it and the more you get through it then you do work towards muscle memory kind of you do work yeah. towards saying to where like this is the right way you yeah. say this joke sure you do you you know what I mean yeah. like but you, you say yeah. you say this sentence like um. Uh, one thing uh, I'll say a lot for like I'll say um, it, Thursday night when I did a joke that I did last night and Thursday night one of the lines I said um, um, in most cases mm-hmm. cousins don't want to fuck alright <laughs> sure <laughs> the right way is typically yeah in most cases cousins don't want to fuck right it's not a big difference. But you knew it. And it got laughs both times. Yeah. But it's better the second way. The second way. way. Yeah. I yeah. can't put it into words why, but I but just know the, it a, sounds better yeah. to my ear. With, with the context of the rest of the joke, do you, do you it know sounds why? better to my ear. Say it again. Know. Say it again. Do you know why? I'll tell you why. Say it. The, the part. Did, it, it's adding the word typically at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Just it, adding the word typically. Okay, yeah. And it works better, it, more consistently that way. And not... And not even just there's adding that word, mm-hmm. and there's you say it that way. You say, typically, typically, yeah. In most cases, 
cousins don't want to fuck. Right. You're yeah. giving if them you a said, little bit of extra right. time to yeah. process yeah. what you're saying it's, by re- kind of repeating yeah. it. And if you're if you also say using it any up. other way differently, yeah. it might still work, but, but it, it would not, as not good. work as it's good the, as it works. It's the consonant way. sound, and you're you're also using instead of sarcasm per se, you're using an understatement. Like typically, it doesn't work. Obviously, right. it doesn't work. That's a fucking understatement. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I've read that yeah. in the books about comedy too, which I know you can't learn comedy from a book, but I feel like you can hone some exercises. That's but, what this is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, another one that y'all reminded me of, and I don't know why it works, but try it out. It does. I, I've changed whole jokes because of this. It's in Gary Goldman's like uh, 375 mm-hmm. comedy tips or what mm-hmm. he posted, it trended on Twitter a few years ago. That if you start and end your bit with a buh, puh, or cuh sound, it fucking mm-hmm. does so much better. So if I end my bit with eh, in a Nissan, it might be funny. But if I end with a in a Buick, and the best yes. example is in the AR, I have you know a few punchlines that I choose from. But for some reason, oh, what's she signing with? Bridget's got a cucumber in her butt. That's funnier than any other variation of buh, puh, and cu- or buh, cu- yeah. buh. You're so right. And yeah. I know the Buick thing is specifically a Patrice Yeah, quote, yeah it is. that yeah. is a very good point. Chris Rock, Chris Rock has talked about that yeah. also. Yeah, yeah, I knew it, it. I don't know why it works, but fuck, I just found that out. Mm-hmm. So I've been typing now, them up. This next one is interesting because like, I look at you and you seem like a good looking guy to me. Hey, you thanks, seem like man. a dude who probably pulls. Yeah, no, yeah, right. yeah, All yeah, right. Man. You got the Michael. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But here, but this is why it's, this is why it's relevant. Uh-huh. I think number five out of 10 mm-hmm. is a, is a funny or a modest appearance. And this is why yes. generally speaking, stand up comedy is a very casual thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the less a comic seems to care about their appearance, the better. Mm-hmm. Attractive, well put together comics who are also good mm-hmm. are rare. Mm-hmm. Such a comic must be funnier than their unattractive counterparts just to compensate for basically what's like a privilege, a perceived mm-hmm. privilege on the part of the audience. There are loads of attractive comedic actors. Yeah. So you might like watch 30 Rock and be like, yeah. well, everybody on that show is good looking. Yeah. Chris you know, Pratt. Uh, Billy, yeah. Bo- what's his ball? Who's the ball win? Yeah. Baldwin's a super handsome yeah, guy. Yeah, Rob Lowe and He's hilarious. Alec like Baldwin didn't hear you say that. dead right now. But, <laughs> definitely you know, shoot you. So yeah, stand-up, stand-up is different from scripted comedy. Mm-hmm. In stand-up, there's something inherently unfunny yeah. about a person who cares about or or tries to impress others right. with their appearance one can really benefit from having a funny or unconventional appearance because it sells the whole idea of you writing jokes from the underdog position yes. true it almost right? would work better too if a guy if a guy's really really good looking mm-hmm. you could almost just go the the suit route maybe you know I'm, what i mean like okay I'm, like lean Mulaney. into yeah lean in lean into I'm, it wear a suit and shiny I'm, shoes and make it i bought it two it fitted suits uh my first uh, i i had i was double booked for hillary bagley show and foley but then a lunchbox one with a bunch of good comics uh in gulfport and i got two fitted i, I got two tailored suits wow. made just for 
comedy. One's a one's like a, a, a maroon like velvet for like the wintertime like smoking jacket. That's a good jacket. color. Like yeah. fucking yeah. Steve Harvey. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. going to say, yeah. Uh, I bet you yeah. look really maybe sharp. St- maybe yeah. Steve Harvey now, but the, his old ones were fucking horrible. <laughs> and then and then just, uh, no, I, and then I, I got three. I got a gray and a blue. But when you bring, a, when you wear a suit, and I hardly ever wear like a tie, just white shirt unbuttoned. But you fucking bring it. You got to bring it with a suit. You got a fucking suit on. It's yeah. like having it good. It would be funny, like, go, yeah, like showing up to the open mic in a suit. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. No, I was going to say, there's been one or two people that have done that. Not that, usually. And, and and that's a really good, some of these things that are coming up all really culminate with one of these uh-huh. points that I know it's coming up. Uh-huh. But it's so true. That suit thing can really work under the in the right context. Sure. But even Mulaney, when Mulaney came to Baton Rouge recently, like uh-huh. this most recent tour, he came and he starts off in a suit, uh-huh. but he took his jacket off and just did most of the show, which is like trousers and a nice shirt. Ah, I like because, that. Because you know, you you do have to feel out mm-hmm. man, like nobody wants a pretentious person right. to be up there. That's right. That's so right. I definitely think that uh, um I mean, I don't know. Well, l- let me tell you this theory. You're talking about good look. I don't think I'm the best looking, but I tr- I tested it out. I showed my youngest daughter. I said, I'm going to wear my glasses uh, six. I'm going to wear my glasses three uh, shows and then not. And I'm going to do a controlled study. And I did it another week. And I, I didn't get more laughs with the glasses, but I got quicker laughs when I had my glasses on because I look more relatable and just more more of a fucking what all comics are. Yeah, it's yeah, like you had a disability. Yeah, like a fucking dork, like a fucking yeah. dork loser. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To say it, Drew. Yeah, make people feel like maybe they might have a shot at yeah. kicking his ass. Yeah, I, I like that. I like to be <laughs> relatable. Makes you, yeah. makes you less threatening. It does, yeah. I guess, but I don't know why it fucking works. So you yeah. know, I need glasses, but. And I didn't always wear them because I didn't want to, you know, obscure the light or what the fuck ever. Now I just wear my glasses. I'm going to offer them cheap laughs or the quicker laughs. That's so interesting because, like, I wear glasses and contacts interchange. Like, I uh-huh. at any given day, just whatever I felt. Maybe sure. I slept in my contacts the night before, and so right. I'm wearing my glasses because I don't want to wear my yeah, eyes out. I do wear glasses. But I typically would think the reflection on the lenses would fuck with people's ability to connect with you yeah. because they can't see your eyes. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Lighting is always different and yeah. stuff. Right. Last you night, you I could, had a different experience. Well, I did, but last night I wore my, and who knows, I, hopefully I was funny anyway, but yeah, it was, it, the, the reflection on them was kind of off putting, but, yeah, now fuck. Now I'm thinking I could have been even funnier without the glasses. Anyway, I'll keep. Well, you think that, but yeah. clearly you did an uh, AB comparison yeah. and you did better with yeah. them. So. I just like doing little like secret uh, test yeah. group and things like that. You Something know, just to keep you yeah. engaged. Yeah, right? like tiny sips. I saw that on somebody's podcast. Like I didn't even know about that old comedy rule. You know, be a hundred tiny sips. Mm-hmm. You you put your uh, maybe if you got a set list, as longer mm-hmm. set headlining whatever. You put your your set list on the stool. Mm-hmm. And you get your water bottle and you just take tiny sips. So you're finishing up a joke. You're relishing mm-hmm. the moment, mm-hmm. getting in the laugh. You take a tiny sip, and as you set it down. You can look at your next word, oh, yeah. keyword. Yeah, yeah, it goes off better than like yeah. just the just looking like a noob. Yeah, yeah. Which just I've going, done. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I did that like a few weeks ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, hey, if it's funny, it's funny. Patton Oswalt brings a pad and Janine Garofalo. You know, I'm just saying, like, some. Oh, I mean, Nate Bargatze did yeah. a show, a, arena, sh- uh, no, a, a theater show in Baton Rouge, and he was reading off of his notes. Yeah, good. Know? See, yeah, people, if people are there for you for sure. Yeah, and fuck, I've known some funny open mic dudes. That have not been doing this long at all, and they read off a list, and it's William Montgomery reads off a paper every time, and 
I know some, he's not everybody's cup of tea. I think he's fucking hilarious. Yeah, that happened after he started. Uh, a funny thing about him, he used to never do that. Yeah. Until he quit drinking and he quit cocaine, and he has. He said he can't remember jokes Shit. anymore. That's cool. I mean, not cool, but that's... You would think it would be the other way. Yeah. So he reads... He literally he reads or he just has yeah, a note. He brings, a, he brings yeah. a card. So it's more like John. And he's reading. Yeah. Yeah. But he's also doing a brand new minute. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I've heard that when he does, like, if you... When he sure. does a whole set, he yeah. just doesn't do a set. Like, uh, he does a lot more stuff from memory. Damn. But he's doing a brand new minute every week, yeah. so I think... And he has short jokes. Yeah, and it right. works. It works. Uh, yeah, absurd. John does like it. Them. John, I, I know we fuck around every time his name comes up. We like yeah. to kind of be like, I like him. He's like, well, yeah. <laughs> but I really do like John. He's uh, got some cool, weird shit. I like it. It's talking funny. about um, John Merrifield. <laughs> yeah. by the yes, way. that's yeah. what I assumed you were talking. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so just to keep going, priorities. Now, this one, you know, this one I feel like affects me, and, and maybe you can relate to this. I feel like I've talked to Drew enough about this to know that he's going to be like, that's not a problem for me. Yeah. But this is one. Definitely. Priorities. <laughs> one trait to rule them all. Mm-hmm. A good comic is more concerned about being funny than about being authentic, being seen, telling the truth, telling their story, connecting emotionally, expressing feelings, speaking truth to power, taking down a political target or changing your mind. They're entertainers first, artists somewhere after that. Also, being entertaining is not enough. A comic needs to be funny and preferably yeah. hilarious. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing you do. You don't get a good comics, not getting caught up in making some kind of creative decision yeah. to talk about a topic or to write a joke a certain way. Yeah. I'll tell you this last night, Matt McCann last night, he was having a great set until he brought up Politics. not believing in heaven oh, no. and not believing in God, not yeah. believing in heaven and also bringing up his dead mom. He, yeah. he brought it up and then he started taking a very long way around to a joke yeah. and he lost the audience Set for a up. minute. There's the only time when they weren't with him. Yeah. He started Set talking up. about something that he wanted to talk about yeah. and he wrote a joke so he could talk about sure. it. And it's a, it's a, it's a rough topic. Oh yeah. And this is the only time when the audience checked out yeah. on him because he chose to talk about something he wanted to talk about yeah. rather than purely focusing on what's going to get comedy. a laugh. Yeah, yeah, I felt that. I felt like I wanted to fucking just really express myself like you can do musically or fucking with painting. I do a mm-hmm. lot of creative stuff. Yeah. But in comedy, you can't really do your truth to power unless your truth has a fucking killer punchline and right. a good setup. Well, like, yeah. don't fucking or do you're it. Dave Chappelle. Yeah, you, yeah. you can't really yeah. typically well, get away with that. Well, well, what it is is it is as far as being an artist, the whole thing is like it is the entertainment is the number one thing. Absolutely, and we're and we're doing comedy. Right. So laughs is the most entertaining thing. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Is like, oh, if you feel like you have something to say, yeah. Well, then you need to, you need, it's perfectly fine. I have something to say. Okay, well, you can't get, you can't blame the audience for not wanting to hear it. Right. It's your, if your job (laughs) to make the audience (laughs) want to hear it. Like Ali Sadiq, Mm -hmm. that last special he did, Mm -hmm. the, um, with the domino effect part yeah. two, yeah. he had a long part where he was talking about like his younger sister dying mm-hmm. and it, and with no punchlines. He starts crying on stage. Oh, yeah. yeah, he starts crying on stage, but he never lost the, audience. Yeah, the it's audience. Interesting. yeah, he was. they were in it. He kept them in it. Yeah. So yeah. the whole thing is, this is a good show. Yeah. Right. And, and he is very funny. But the thing is, is like, it might not be 
the funniest special as far from beginning to end. Yeah. But it's so I was I enjoyed the show the mm-hmm. from beginning to finish. I like, yeah. I like to see so somebody it's like, yeah, get you a have little vulnerable. Be, you, so you can't go up on stage, say mm-hmm. a bunch of shit, yeah. no one likes it, and then right. be like, well, they don't. Uh, they don't get that I'm an artist. These mm-hmm. other people just want to make them laugh. It's like, well, motherfucker, this well, then, is not. Yeah, then here's what how you medium need, are you in? Right, yeah, here's how you need to any, do it. Yeah, like you, if you want people, you're you're getting on a stage yeah. and you're performing in, yeah. at the very least. If uh-huh. you're not going to make me laugh the whole time, yeah. at least entertain me. Right. Yeah. Or have you a know? quick setup. Like I have one that I used to do. Uh, it was about my bisexual black roommate Thomas, real good friend of mine. Dude, we worked like in a the, good time. We worked in the <laughs> ER together. Yeah, that was a fun guy. Nah, I mean, ER not for me, but for, for a lot of. But I have a bit, and it, I, it's it's word economy. But I start to have a passionate talk about. It. Like I'm like, I, 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 it's basically like I can't imagine what it's like. Like growing up as a bisexual person of color in the in the rural southern Mississippi, but if I had to guess, I'd say probably not really easy. Uh, and, you know, sure we've come a long way since civil rights in the '60s, but you know, I think we can all agree in here tonight we have a way to go. You know, and all of you that would be sphere, right? yeah, all that would be ignoring the bigger issue here, which is can you imagine wanting to fuck everybody you meet? That sounds exhausting. <laughs> yeah, you, you can have a raw moment, but you got to have a fucking joke right after. Right, that. you got to yeah. be ready yeah. to hit. Them, yeah. You know, or just deal with the consequences. Yeah. You know, go ahead and tank your show yeah, because grand. you said the thing you wanted to say. Uh, right. Great. Then you'll learn. Yeah. Like, I, well, that also goes back to the word economy thing too. Like what you're doing right there, mm-hmm. it's you're doing the opposite of keeping it brief. Um, yeah. Where you're kind of it's like where where it's going. It's it's good because it almost get you have to find the right spot to yeah. where they're they're doing the thing where it's like where's he going, mm-hmm. but. Bring it pretty quick. But at the same, yeah, it's like you string them along. Uh-huh. You purposely make it go a little bit longer to pique the interest. Yeah. But then you have to drop drop it oh, before they yeah. get bored. Yes, right. yes. Bef- a, before they stop. Is, li- yeah. right. Timing is almost everything. And you can feel it. If you're, yeah. I mean, yeah. you should be able to yeah. feel it. Oh, yeah. You know. And if you don't feel it, you should make them feel it. shrooms, you feel yeah, it. Yeah, I bet you feel it way <laughs> That's more. What I, that was another about last night that, that really helped it with comedy yeah. is like, I'm always, whenever I struggle on stage, mm-hmm. sometimes a lot of it is I keep telling myself, like, the simple way to say it right. is like I wasn't in the moment. Yeah, mm. and man, you're in fucking the, in the moment when you're on shrooms, sure. man. So in the moment, <laughs> you can't be in yeah. there anymore. <laughs> All right, now number seven is the one that made me really glad that I made this list because it's the number one thing that I think that is holding me back personally, mm-hmm. especially having such a good friend in Drew, yeah. being able to see as an A-B comparison between the two of us. Yeah. I think that he's literally embodies what I'm about to say, yeah. and I literally am the antithesis of it right now. Mm-hmm. So it's, and also, before I tell you what it is, I yeah. want to say that this is something that I know I struggle with my personal life. Mm-hmm. And there's a, it's interesting how much your your personal life, because it's social, mm-hmm. translates to the stage. Mm-hmm. So that's I'm talking about relatability. Yeah. yeah. A good comic is relatable. Mm-hmm. Though comedically confident, they aren't expected to be necessarily impressive in any way other than to make you laugh. Yeah. As previously mentioned, being attractive as an example is it's an example of being impressive in a counterproductive way. Yeah. 
Uh, it tends to get in the way if a comic is, you know, like if they're trying, if they're up there and they're trying to project this image of being admirable or like impressive or, or like intimidating as yeah. an example. Oh yeah. No a, one likes that. Nobody yeah. likes that. A good comic Dick doesn't it. try to impress others with any of their accomplishments. They're, it, I, I made a list here, but basically what it is, is they're not trying to, they're not trying to impress people yeah. uh, in any other way other than being funny. Like there is a clown like quality to comics and that they aren't trying to maintain their dignity, uh, you know, to, to balance this out. The comedian uh, tends to take on a posture. Well, I think this is out of order the stuff that I wrote, but basically what I was saying is you're on stage, you're already mm-hmm. on stage holding a microphone. Right. And so to balance that out, the comedian tends to take on like a posture of like the dancing monkey or the court jester. And people like their comics to be sort of falling apart, writing from a place of struggle. Or you could be like the lovable simpleton working class guy like the Dusty Slayer, the Nate Bargatze. Now, Nate's not working no, class he, anymore, yeah. you know, right. but he, he his, all of his man. comedy for so many years before he really made it. Mm-hmm. He just kind of like if he, he talks about the kind of stuff he used to do, mm-hmm. like for a job before he mm-hmm. started doing comedy. And he's right. just kind of stuff I used to do yeah, for a job. So and he balances right. that out by having a wife and a daughter and living in like Knoxville or yeah. Nashville, wherever they, by yeah. living in Tennessee. So when he's not doing comedy, he's probably Rounded. in a yeah, probably he's... nicer su- suburbs yeah. than I live in, but he's kind of the suburban. Yeah. Dad. Right. He's not in, he's, he's not in the and, not in the I was to his podcast. He's, yeah. He was going through date, upcoming dates uh-huh. and he's been touring real hard. And then he's like, and then I'm going to take a few months off. Uh-huh. That's good. And part of what he said too, is he said, I need to take, he said, I need to take some months off because I need material. Yeah, and you if I live life. He said, if I'm on the road, I'm not fighting with my wife mm-hmm. and yeah. things like, like I need those real experiences. Yeah. Like I need a funny story about Dude. my dad or and Dude. stuff like that. He's like, I I need something to draw from. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's why he stays as big Relevant. as big a star he is. He's still so relatable, yeah. you know. And he's been he makes an effort to be a since normal like person. 2012. He's yeah, he's relevant. He yeah, it's you believe it. It's relatable, like y'all yeah. said. And I, I think that that the comedian needs to let their guard down and not try to be like, oh, I'm trying to maintain. Uh-huh. You can't. <clears throat> You know that scene in A Knight's Tale, mm-hmm. kind of toward the end of the movie, where the guy basically figures out, like, if I'm going to win this joust against this superior opponent, I'm going to have to not protect my own self from getting hit by his, yeah. whatever, the baton or whatever right. thing is you call it's it. It's called a lance. 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 That's it. And yeah, he has f- to. Favorite name of gay men. Yeah, it is. Our <laughs> lance is out there. Yeah. Saying, I think all lancers are gay men. <laughs> I think so too. It's, it's so funny because it is kind of like if you think about what a lance is, it's mm-hmm. like you're just trying it's to very fat. You're trying to hit the other guy. If you have like, any listeners that are named Lance, yeah. sound off in the comments. Let us know if you're gay. <laughs> yeah. A lot of penetration, very phallic looking. <laughs> and if you haven't, start start getting that coming out speech ready. Yeah, for your start bed. looking at <laughs> so taking a look at yourself Man, I've already, yeah. you know and in that in that scene toward the end of that movie he figures out like i think his his armor gets fucked up and mm-hmm. he has to take his helmet off so that he can really see yeah. properly in order to get his aim right yeah. and he has to take that chance that he might get fucked yeah. up by the other guy if he and, Great he analogy. Be, and the whole time he's been kind of like not winning against this opponent mm-hmm. because he's always trying to take a defensive stance but yeah. also mm-hmm. be a, a, um, offensive at the same yeah. time and he ex- has to accept that he has to be fully exposed yeah. in order to take you gotta be vulnerable to have a shot yeah. right you I don't feel gotta like, be vulnerable but it helps me when i'm vulnerable a little bit 
to get them in there and have them relate to me, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's all about relatability. Yeah. I don't think you can really do yeah. that when you're trying to also maintain like a cool, cool. no, I'm not some cool. sort of. I always say, or not, sometimes I say, all right, guys, I know what you're thinking, and which I don't, I hate bits that say, start with, I know what you think, but I'm like, eh, where did it all fall apart for this guy? I'll just skip to that part. <laughs> yeah, because that's what they want to know. So they, they're <laughs> yeah, like, my life's fucked though. up. I want to see this guy, how fucked up he is. I'm way more fucked up than them usually. So <laughs> I, I do, I do think about that analogy a lot, that but the audience one. has to be comfortable with a the The audience can be uncomfortable with a topic, mm-hmm. but they need to be comfortable with the comic. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I don't think, I think good comics aren't pretentious. Yeah. They don't condescend. Uh, they don't humble brag. Mm-hmm. They aren't overly self-deprecating either. Right. They, they aren't meaner than they are funny. They aren't sadder than they are funny. And they aren't cockier. And they are basically, they're the guy you want to have a beer with. Yeah, just mm-hmm. chill. Yeah, Like in politics, yeah. a lot of times a guy will not do well in politics mm-hmm. because he's too like, uh, you know, like... Um, Diplomatic. Yeah, like you ever seen like the he's like, like the vice vice principal vibes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just found too dignitary. Yeah, he's a square. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. fucking square. He's a fucking square. Square. I love the word. Square. And we pound squares. I'm just yeah. yeah. Or like I a use narc. It all the time. Yeah, I do too. Or narc. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, f- shout out to a funny comment from Mobile Carson Taylor. He said uh, he had a good bit uh, when he was calling me up. He said. Uh, our next funny comic, Derek Shirley. He looks like if I Google, if uh, if a narc Googled what kids wear in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the Steve Buscemi with yeah. a skateboard. That's actually <laughs> one you could use on Michael, too. Yeah. 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 That's good. Very stylish. Yeah. So, I like that shirt, too, by the way. I think oh, there's, yeah. the, the relatability is so so critical and so easy we all understand what a relatability yeah. is it's like you we all it's almost not even worth discussing because yeah. like we know you if you're not relatable yeah dude i did a headline set monday night mm-hmm. in lake charles and i didn't want to do it because i i know how lake charles is and i know what i do yeah. and they're not a good match yeah and That's so cool. i didn't want to do it but i did it anyway yeah. and I knew right up until the last week mm-hmm. what to expect. And in that last week, as I started to prepare for it, I was like, maybe this will go well. Because yeah. you know, yeah. I started feeling myself like, this is good. Yeah, and good. then I went out there and do like all the open micers before me did great. Yeah. And it was a lot of them. Good. And then like I get up there and dude from Jump Street, mm-hmm. they were like, Fuck this guy. <laughs> and, uh, and, I thought and you were going to say I killed <laughs> No, dude, dude. I got up there and did the material that's been actually doing pretty well. Yeah. And uh, and no. Well, no, fuck those was... guys. Don't let it discourage you. Yeah, just not, your, like you said, not the key demographic for, and, and I, I fucking, yeah. I eat shit a lot of times around a bunch of rednecks and I'm fine with that. I wonder when that happens to me sometimes, like I'll know, like. I'll have something coming up and it's like, it's not going to be great, but it's a, something, it's an exercise I need to do. It's usually yeah. somewhat like headlining an open mic yes. where there's a good chance. That's how open mics are. I mean, the hit or miss is a good chance. <laughs> but then as I, the few days before I start thinking like, you know what? I'm going to kill this thing. It's good. And then it ends up being a little underwhelming. Yeah. but <laughs> So then there's a thing. I, I wonder, it's like, well, I wonder if I had had the more realistic yeah, the realistic expectation I had in the beginning. Right. I wonder if I had done better 
when you were expecting less. Yeah, if yeah. I had performed wow. better, That's I wonder good. what it would have done with my performance. Because I do good know question. definitely, yeah. it definitely wouldn't have hurt as bad after. Even if the yeah. set had gone exactly yeah. as it went, if I hadn't built up my expectations like too tattoos hard. tattoos for some people. Like, you know, after a few, you're like, oh, I'm going to get this tattoo on my elbow. And then after it's been a few years, you're you're... In the beginning, you're expecting this is going to be so painful, I can't stand it. Then when you're, ah, oh, it's not that bad. But then when you get that false sense of confidence, then you get another tattoo. You're like, fuck, that hurt. Right, like that's the worst bitch. one you've ever yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. It's like bombing, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, or yeah. skateboarding, kind of. Yeah, we were talking about this in a group chat the other day, and we were talking about, like, bombing. Yeah. And I was saying Sucks. that sometimes the scariest thing is uh-huh. when you start having – like just good set, good set, good set, good set, and that. then I start getting like the piano that's followed me around. Yeah. Eventually, that rope is gonna not gonna hold it forever. That's Eventually, true. that piano is gonna fall. You're gonna eat shit again where, soon. Yeah, to where I've had times where like if I've got like a good show booked coming yeah. up, and like the week before, I'm like, man, I really hope I bomb in one of these open mics. I say that same. <laughs> we said that same thing yeah. last night. I said. I'm due for a bomb. I've had four good yeah, sets in a row. Please, and then and then yeah. I'll like crush and I'm like fuck. I mean, <laughs> yeah, nah. that means the <laughs> next one. And it's like it feels good, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I can't have this happen at nah. Club Three. You know it's whatever, coming, and you fucking, don't want it to be then. It's so superstitious, but it's so true. Yeah, I do that too. All right, we're getting toward the end of the list here. Yeah. Uh, this one, I think, this was the one that I knew was going to be a problem before I even started doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Relevance. All right. A good comic must talk about and understand the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. I love the definition the definition of this word zeitgeist, often referred to as the spirit of the times, mm-hmm. describes the prevailing trends, moods, attitudes and cultural climate of a particular era or moment. It captures the essence of a specific time reflecting the collective mindset and values of society during that period. All right. Uh The perfect reference to a movie no one cares about anymore just ruined your joke. A comic, a good comic can't be out of touch or tone deaf. For example, if you are too old or too financially comfortable or immersed in a particular subculture, for example, the (laughs) one that you created yourself because you got so good and you started selling all these tickets and now you're only performing to this mm-hmm. little closed circuit yeah. of your, you know, mm-hmm. your people. Right. Um, like for me, I would say evangelical Christianity. That was a subculture I got off into yeah. that made me weird for sure. But it's real relatable. I feel it, like from it, where I'm from. It, and they- I would say you're right. I mean, I think Taylor Tomlinson's doing some great work yeah. with that. I think Pete Holmes does great work yeah. with that. Nick Thune had Nick a great Thune, I love where he talked about Hillary it. Hillary Bagley talks about being a Pentecostal and it's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but, it can be. Yeah. But yeah. then once you get off of that. Yeah. It can be difficult, right? Yeah, because once like, you get out of, once you start doing jokes that are out of that culture, right. when you haven't lived outside of the culture right. as long as everyone else, yeah. exactly, you're like a, you're just behind everybody. Yeah. Then so it, then your perspective and opinions are probably irrelevant at that well, point. Right. It depends on when you tell them. You, you like sometimes I've dealt with this, not specifically like Christianity, but like I don't want to do. And there's no rules, I know, but there's kind of unspoken some. Like, I don't want to reveal this part of myself because it's going to fuck up their perception of me in the, initially in the beginning of my set. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like uh, for instance, you know, maybe you don't want to tell them about, about the event. Sometimes I bring up my, 
religion stuff, and it's not super edgy, but it I feel like it's original. I bring it up after all the other stuff, but then sometimes I'm like, I want to bring up the sex stuff last because that's usually when you're supposed to do it. You you want to relate to them, get them on your side mm-hmm. first, and then zing them with the orgy joke or right. you know whatever right. it might mm-hmm. be. You know, I don't know, I don't know. A that's very interesting. Up. That's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, it depends on your order, I guess, and your set that mm-hmm. night. But yeah. maybe you know, I, I I don't know. I heard like I like what you did, like uh, every time I've heard it, but. Yeah, then it becomes uh, you riding the line or uh, between pandering and reading the room. Because if you pan, you know, if you're not reading, it's a, you know, it's subjective. I guess I don't know. It, I sound like a fucking nerd. I think sometimes <laughs> reading a room is a privilege because, yeah. like, if you could read the room and be like, "Oh, I can, I don't have to do this banger joke mm-hmm. and do this banger joke yeah. instead," that's almost like a privilege because, like, yeah. if you don't have enough material to paint to shift to something, yeah, then you're in you're me and Lake Charles doing twenty minutes to a crowd of people <laughs> that were like, you know, <laughs> no, you're the- not relatable, so we're not going to laugh at anything you say. Right, right. But the, then that's another exercise that I'm sure. Everybody's going to get at one point when if you get paid for a, a set and if you're eating a bag of dicks, you still got to finish out your right. That's yeah. the most yeah. humbling shit I've ever yeah. done. Like, mm-hmm. all right, you guys don't give a shit. So I'm going to keep going with the next joke. Right. My mommy didn't hug me enough so I can handle this. But it still <laughs> fucking hurts. You know? Man, that's. Yeah, like, where's Maggie? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I need a hug. Come give me a hug and a head stroke. Tell, tell, tell me it's going to all be all right, yeah. Maggie. Please. Uh, man, and you know what's funny? And I know that we've talked about this before because we talked about it, about the. Um, the we the gala special that kind of kicked off our whole podcast yeah. we talked about how i didn't want to accept the money after yeah monday night when the guy handed me the money and it was more than i thought it was going to be i was like i feel really weird about I, taking this money I, because like that was crazy wow. like you saw my set yeah. you know but it was hey, it was fine yeah, take know. the money yeah, take, take the, the money. money real real comics now uh, it bees like that sometimes you know? yeah and the um well the thing about um Revelance mm-hmm. is uh, to that. Um, I'm always curious about is like when you meet comedians that uh, like are just starting out mm-hmm. and they kind of just discovered comedy, yeah, and just fell in love with it, yeah. So like they haven't seen as much as like I've seen or some other people have yeah. seen because they're new to it, right? And they're so they're kind of just learning about we'll talk you know we could talk about a certain special or something yeah. and they'll be like oh what's that and be like oh it's one of the you need That's to go watch of, it yeah, yeah. that's required reading yeah, a lot of that. times those people will do a lot of overdone stuff mm-hmm. because they just don't know they don't know it's mm-hmm. new to them and then i'll meet comedians or like ken edwards mm-hmm. who ken edwards tries not to watch comedy I do that now because he does a lot of um, he does a lot of town hall. Uh-huh. That's kind of where he draws a lot of material uh-huh. and then he writes and perfects it. Yeah. So like he told me one time, you know, in the car driving to a gig, mm-hmm. he's like, "I try not to watch comedy because I'm afraid that I'm gonna accidentally just start saying something on stage, right. pull pull something out of my memory." Yeah. Thinking that I'm having an original thought yeah. and I'm just regurgitating something so I heard, heard on a comedy speech. I've heard a comedian yeah. say. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense, but I also worry too, like about the thing is like, oh, but if you then if you don't watch comedy, mm-hmm. then you're out how do you not know you're saying shit that's being said already? Right. But Ken somehow still even 
says fresh. He's still fresh. Mm, Everything yeah. he, you know, he's not just a copy of a copy of another right. comedian. You know what I mean? It's novelty. Yeah, yeah he's still built in and, novelty, and he's yeah. still like very he very relevant. Like he to right. the times right now. Yeah. Like he knows where. He knows where the culture is, right? That's you know, good. I, without I, watching, without watching, because yeah, I, I kind of quit watching <clears throat> comedy a couple of years. I mean, I still check out specials and I like it, but I don't want it to subconsciously even rub off on me and or skewer my line. My thoughts are so absurd usually, and yeah, I then, can't watch enough of it. Me, yeah. See, I, that's I love, why I, I was, love watching comedy, I and I think it's part of uh, for me, uh-huh. it. It's part of me trying to be a better comedian yeah. is watching. It's yeah. like if you play football, watching film. But like I said, you're everyone right. has a different thing because whatever yeah, Ken's right. doing fucking works. See, I feel like I, I, my parents brought me up, luckily, on like Richard Pryor, George Carlin Records. Then we had VHSs, like all the Rodney Dangerfield specials. Like they love stand-up comedy. So like I, I was lucky. Watched it all my life, all up through like when YouTube first came out. I love Bo Burnham. And the green room with Paul Provenza, the tough crowd yeah. with oh, Colin yeah. Quinn, like all the inside baseball. I knew theoretically about comedy and comics mm-hmm. and on the road, and that always sounded good to me, but it never was accessible until I went to my first open mic. I was like, oh, fuck, I can be as funny as this guy at least. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or, you know, and that might have been too brutal because I, you know, sometimes you eat it, shit, but it's, it's too- crazy because most of the time, like, I'll meet people sometimes and mm-hmm. they'll at open mics and stuff, and they'll tell me that I'll, try to talk and bring up a, a new special or something uh-huh. and they'll it almost comes off as pretentious yeah. where they're like i don't i don't watch yeah any other comment like i don't want to absorb anything yeah, yeah and then that's like, kind of sound pretentious and then when i'll see it but then i'll see their them on stage and i'll be like you sound like every other fucking comedian <laughs> right. like you're hacky like nothing you say is original yeah, yeah. some of those people and i'm like yeah. and i'm thinking to myself like oh you need to go watch some comedy right yeah. you know yeah. you need to, context yeah, you need context that's like true. one guy had told me not too long ago he was doing his first time an older guy mm-hmm. and it was just like my favorite comedians are robin williams George Carlin, uh-huh. and he's naming all. I mean, there are great comedians, yeah. but they're also all dead and from it's the that, 70s. Yeah, and probably most of their stuff. And when he went on stage, and you could tell. Yeah. It, right. It, you know, right. kind of like I love Seinfeld, but like that stuff was when he was doing it in the late 80s and early 90s, like he that was untouched, you know, and he's still <laughs> yeah. good at it, good timing, but it's like we've evolved from yeah. that. And then, yeah, that's way, what I tell people. Know. Like, there's a lot of people in their 20s mm-hmm. that. Or really into Seinfeld, like the show. Yeah, right. they love the show. Like they, they, I guess they discover on Netflix or whatever. Uh, they're like, yeah. oh, this is great. But you know, in the early seasons when he would do a little bit of stand up at the beginning, we watched it last night yeah. on mushrooms. It was so weird. We, yeah, and Kramer was Kessler. I forgot about that in right, the first. Yeah, in, in the, the first pilot. one. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> they s- have a lot of like a. I've got. I feel old now. Like I've yeah. got nieces and nephews that are in their twenties. Yeah. And they're into it, and they're like, it's very, really funny, but they're like, but man, Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up isn't too good. I'm like, well, you're watching it from the lens of now. Right. It was good then. Like, comedy has evolved. Like, at that time, that was... That was like the best. Yeah, it was groundbreaking. It but, was groundbreaking. That's like, what we were saying. Uh, last and I even night. told him, I was like, go watch one of his newer ones. Uh, he's Seinfeld has evolved he's from fucking, what he was. Like, I still I love his stand up. I do too. I love him on the fly in interviews. He's you know? he's very he's very relevant 
Yeah. He was very relevant to what was yeah. to that time. For sure. And I find now he's re- he his material yeah. is relevant to right now from a 60-year-old man's perspective. Yeah. As, mm-hmm. as, you know what I mean? If he yeah. was coming out and for you sure. know, with his pants sagging and stuff yeah. and trying to do slang. Like mattress Mac. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see these hey, uh, mattress Mac yeah, videos come yeah. out. <laughs> but he is the he is the spokesman for Kith, like, and that's pretty trending, like uh, clothing line. You know, he's always been like wearing fire ass Jordans and stuff. I think kids yeah, like it now. Guy, yeah, he's yeah. a sneaker guy. But now like the shit they're wearing on the pilot nineteen eighty nine episode is like back in style. Like, you know, the pants and the yeah. shirts like early nineties. Right. He's very relatable in his sneaker guy thing, but the Porsche guy thing is not yeah, as relatable. No. Right. I love right, him, you know? but I, I I have a love I like I want but I still, one. I get it too though. Yeah, I do too. But you oh, would look like the biggest dickhead within one of those. But yeah. I don't care. Like I I would love that. Oh, I yeah. love Porsche. All right, so just a few of these left. Sure. These are not as as revelatory. Like uh, improv them. skills. A good comic can roll with the punches on stage. A good improvisation will almost always hit harder than anything they plan to say. The recent popularity of crowd work aside, a comic's ability to be funny off script has always been important. People will interrupt you on purpose or something unexpected will happen. It could be the music coming through the walls of the adjacent venue, like on Shane Gillis' special live in Austin. <laughs> Nothing will kill the vibe quite like your refusal to acknowledge the elephant in the room. Yeah, if you're right. You're right. So I find improvisation is critical. Uh, me too. Oh, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I even took, uh, like, there's some improv mic sometimes in comics, usually around where I'm from. The Like, not a lot of comic friends of mine like that because it's out of your comfort zone. But I find that, and I, I don't get me wrong, I had zero fucking crowd work. I just do bits. I mean, I have to, if I got some backup, like zangers, hopefully that I can pull out if I need to. But that improv stuff is like so. Critical. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a skill. Yeah, you got ex- yeah. It's, to me, it's it feels like it's why like I kind of don't like. To me, it's all about like stand up mm-hmm. is like the ultimate form of comedy to I me. Think so, stand up comedy. And then there are other people like we know some people who like they they've done stand up and there's they don't even do stand up because they like I like improv better yeah. and I'm like well that's crazy that's like being a football player yeah. who quits because to do pull ups or sit ups or something <laughs> yeah, like that it's like Kenny Powers I don't want to like do improv, CrossFit I don't want to be the best at working yeah, out. I don't be the best at exercise <laughs> like I play I play the sports yeah, yeah. it's like right. you're doing it. You quit the sport to do the exercise is I what agree. I feel like just yeah. doing improv is. Improv is just helps me uh, out yeah. with the high art form as comedy. That's the only good reason, well, I think. I completely agree with you guys. I do think there's another side of the argument. I think that if you think of the improvised moments of your sets always being the high points, mm-hmm. then if you could do that all the time, oh my God, like, like that yeah. would be like crack cocaine, right? Mm-hmm. But... I still would never want to do that. But at the at the same time, though, it's also like for me personally, as far as me and like being funny in the moment on stage, the that's really just the hurdle of me getting over like nerves and being yeah. comfortable on yeah. stage. Yeah, breaking the ice. I find writing jokes and having jokes land mm-hmm. is a way more impressive skill, really. Yeah. I was born funny. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to worry about I learning know that. Tons of fucking funny people. Yeah. You know, I'll hang out with like 
even people who aren't comedians, just like we talked funny. about this in the last episode, like mm-hmm. friends I get to pick to be my friend or yeah, not are funny. the funniest fucking Same people here. in the world because that's Same what here. I like being around. Yeah. So this thing about like I don't want to demean crowd work, uh-huh. but I think there's a certain amount of crowd work to me to where at a certain point it's like well now you're not even doing anything yeah, you're just you're just doing what you were doing before you got on stage you know what i mean mm-hmm. there's got to be I or maybe that's how it, i think like I to me writing good material good solid material I'm that's solid. like consistently hits is fucking hard yeah it is being it, just simply just being funny mm-hmm. is uh you gotta, it, that, that's, other well other than the point of being funny on stage is kind of having to if nothing happens yeah is to be able to pull something like that is the skill of crowd work yeah. is like knowing and what to say it, to an audience yeah. member to and make it seem make off something. the cuff yeah. too if you can do that like yeah you 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 know wham big jay's really good at that he will start off with um something that seems like it's just completely improvised crowd work kind of thing mm-hmm. And then each one of his bits starts off with like, that, and then he rolls it organically I into like what that. the joke is I that he's like going to say. Yeah, and it's yeah, and it's really good because it's something completely different. Right, mm-hmm. and it's like, how right. does he know he's going to get this to roll to get yeah. from right. there to there? Right, right. yeah, that is def. That's yeah, a skill. It mm-hmm. is because sometimes, like like you said, I think comedy is the highest art form because sometimes these non sequiturs and and the good crowd work uh, folks. Do well a lot of times, but sometimes that shit ain't flying at mm-hmm. whatever yeah. paid show you're. They they don't want to hear like you might be whether it's roasting your buddies. Yeah, or, some, yeah, or like know. the crowd work thing the too. Sometimes yeah. some audience members don't want you to be nah, personally as both. an audience member. I don't, I don't fu- I fucking hate comedians talking <laughs> yeah, to me when I'm in the audience. Leave me alone. That's why I sit in the back and not the yeah, front. I, I, I don't like. I'm like, nah. dude, I'm not. Please like, are you going to give me a drink ticket or something? Yeah. Like, are you going to give me some of your money? Like, <laughs> Am I part of this leave shadow? me the fuck out yeah, of this, dude. I agree. That's, I agree. Yeah. I agree. That's And I think that's why a lot of folks that don't know, you know, might be turned off to comedy or sneak in the back and are like, don't fucking mm-hmm. pull me, you know? I was listening to um, Godfrey talk on We Might Be Drunk. Yeah. And he was talking about whenever uh, John Mayer was hanging around the comedy. He was a big fan of comedy and all mm-hmm. the comedians loved him and stuff. Yeah. Then he decided to try it and it Weird went really shit. bad. Did you see it? And I then, didn't see it. Oh, it's fucking But horrible. I can imagine. I think he said Because he's so, he's like a sexy dude. Yeah, you know, like he's yeah. not. Oh my God. It that's like cringy. the opposite of what comedy well, is. Well, and David Tell, like, David Tell was hosting and then after that, when he got off stage and David Tell was like, yeah, after the show, y'all can catch me playing guitar on the street or something. <laughs> because it was a thing where, in a way, it. it is a little bit insulting because yeah. none of us would ever just be like, yeah. see someone playing music and be like, oh, I'll just start playing Like, I'm guitar. just going to be able to know how to do that. Right. right. Absolutely. Like, we understand, like, and in a way, uh, it, it got me to thinking, mm-hmm. and I was a little high, too. Yeah. And some sativa, you know, so it's got me thinking to where, like, I I realized I watched 30 minutes of a podcast and wasn't paying attention (laughs) because it got me thinking. I was like, man, stand up comedy is so fucking great because you don't have anything to hide behind. Mm. You don't have a guitar to play. There's not, there's nothing, there's no other people involved. You go up there and the only thing you have 
to entertain these people is your intellect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Or lack thereof. You just, you go inside your brain, inside your head, and then pull things out your mouth, mm-hmm. and for 10 minutes, 15 yeah. minutes, an hour, or however long, yeah. and that's it. Young, that's all you bring with you yeah, is your true. brain, your intellect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. reuse your brains like if you like on a, a, like a fifteen or twenty minute set? Do you do you memorize like key words of like two one two three minute bits like you know this word this word like how do y'all? Uh, I've done it a few different ways. How do you or do you just do flight of ideas just bounce around like? Oh, uh, mine's pretty well scripted. Scripted, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you do you do like keywords for like when you study for a test or something or? And write it out. Like I do both, but I try to memorize them. I usually never look at it. I kind of try to remember like the um first few the the last the last line of a joke and the first, like if I'm moving yeah. bits around sure, to sure. try to find like a good set. Yeah. So I'm trying things in a different order a lot. Yeah. And then it's like I'll get to where I worry about forgetting a joke. I did it mm-hmm. one time when I was doing 20 minutes yeah. where I forgot a key joke. And didn't realize till like I was I did a callback yeah. that got nothing, and then I was like, "Oh fuck, I forgot to tell that joke." <laughs> there was yeah. no original. So joke. So, right. so I'll kind of do that, like yeah. try to instead of like like when I'm getting to the point where like I'm driving to the gig and mm-hmm. I don't really have time to say the whole thing in my head, right. where I'll just do last line, first line. Uh, okay, that's a good idea. I'm just wondering, like you know what? Uh, yeah, when I was. I had a really hard time doing music because mm-hmm. I would, I, I didn't really pay attention to the words of songs. Mm-hmm. And then I found that like, I would blank on yeah. stage the first time that I got into this band where they're like, we need a lead singer, uh-huh. you know? So I was like, all right, I've done backing vocals a lot, but let me just mm-hmm. step up into this role. Right. And I immediately realized I have a big blind spot in my skill set, which is that I blank yeah. on stage uh-huh. and I'm like, shit, what's the is next line? Playing guitar? Yeah, like I'll be playing guitar. You or think that's what it is? No, no, no. Even it, when I'm just like up there with a the microphone uh-huh. doing like hip hop songs and shit yeah. where the lyrics are coming real fast. Right. And what I found is that it's just the first word. That's yeah. all I need is the first word of the next phrase and yeah. I don't get lost. Yeah, yeah, it's like when you're trying to alphabetize something and, and you get to like... Uh, you might have like a P and a Q or something and you got to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah. Okay. But if you don't have have time to do that because the music is playing and you don't, you got to be ready right now. That's why stand up, stand up to music fails sometimes when people Uh, try it because they realize you don't have the luxury of, if you kind of forget something on stage when you're doing stand up, you can take a little breather right. for a second and catch yeah. it now there's you can't do it with mute with nah. there's if you're doing something to no. music and Not even me. if the memory isn't the problem a lot of people like when don did his whole set pre-recorded uh-huh. when don did ghost rose we have this guy who a friend of ours he's been on the podcast yes yeah, uh he did ghost rose mm-hmm. but his he, he was playing a ghost mm-hmm. of a, a previously, you know, a live character. Yeah. So he was playing uh, mm-hmm. Stephen Hawking. And yeah. so he did his whole set pre-recorded cool. and he just stood there yeah. or he just sat there and let the pre-recorded <laughs> thing play over the PA. But if people start laughing uh-huh. and they miss the joke, it's kind of like a movie. Like yeah. if you go to a movie theater, yeah. you have to watch right. a movie five times yeah. if it's really funny because you keep laughing yeah. over more mm-hmm. jokes. Right. He didn't account for the pause nah. for laughter. No, nah, he didn't. Or even if he did, you did. Then you know, don't necessarily know where it's going to be or yeah. how long it's going to be, yeah. too. Yeah. I yeah. Do. And I found, too, what it did is it took away from um, his 
delivery. Yeah. yeah. Like you didn't really get to see Don be funny. Yeah. Right. You got to hear he wrote the jokes yeah. and all and it was a funny idea. Right. Yeah. Because he's in a wheelchair for him uh, to be Stephen Hawking and cool. oh we'll play it. And we all thought it was a funny idea. And then once you saw it play out, I mean it wasn't a disaster. Right. People liked it. But, but it's like it's not as good as Don. Yeah. 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 Because you can account for, you know, lapses and this. Yeah. You can stay with the audience. The audience can stay with you. One last one. Yeah. This is, uh, this is something that I think a lot of comics don't give themselves enough credit for. Mm-hmm. And that's intelligence. Mm-hmm. There's an undeniable, this is, studies have shown this, there's an undeniable link between humor and intelligence. And sometimes... Granted, skills can masquerade as intelligence, and skill is certainly involved in stand-up. You can see somebody get better over time. But most comics are pretending to be a lot dumber than they actually are, which very much works in their advantage. I've seen that so much. People don't. Yeah, that's most of my thing. People don't really typically (laughs) like. You know, there are exceptions. I think that Mike Birbiglia sometimes. No, I wouldn't even say like he doesn't necessarily use. I love him. I don't know any comics who use language that makes it sound like they're yeah, like a pseudo when like yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I don't you either. Have, not good ones. There is a there is a uh, um, vernacular mm-hmm. to comedy yeah. that hasn't really changed over time. Right. It, you there you have. There's a just like how the news, like we were talking about before, is is kind of like written at like a ninth grade reading level. Yeah, yeah. there's a very specific sort of like vernacular for, yeah. for yeah, like we're all doing a little bit of a version of us of something that richard pryor invented kind yeah, of, you know what i mean yeah. so yeah. or lenny bruce or right maybe yeah cussy i cuss what yeah yeah I, I clean shows forget about it but yeah you're right there's a, a cadence and a rhythm and r- rules kind of you know and mm-hmm. i mean yeah so you have to be smart but you kind of have to package all of that intelligence yeah. in a very accessible oh, yeah. meeting people where they're at. Well, like you know. Norm MacDonald. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember who said it, but someone to me, it always stuck with me that described Norm MacDonald perfectly as mm-hmm. Norm MacDonald is the smartest man in the room pretending to be the dumbest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I he's like, like yeah, I don't know stuff and all this. And he talks and he, he delivers like he's dumb. Mm-hmm. But the, he's telling the smartest jokes yeah, you, yes. anyone's ever written. Yes. That's this is like you have to be a really intelligent person to write mm-hmm. shit like this. Yeah, you know? you do. I can only aspire to write that. And kind you, of and stuff. that's just usually when people don't like when I show Norm Macdonald, mm-hmm. I'll show like whole specials to some people, yeah. and they don't yeah. like it. Yeah. It's like it's, it's they just they don't they're not smart enough to yeah. get with. You know, if they're just if someone's not smart enough, it doesn't matter how much you try to dumb it down yeah. to, to package it for them. They're just not gonna. They'll, if You're anything, right. they'll just be like, "Yeah, okay," like, right? You know? Or they'll like laugh for the wrong reason. Yeah, you know, like yeah, they, they yeah, you know, misunderstand nah, what's going on. That's why I don't even. Yeah, I can't even be friends with you if you are like that. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> or they'll yeah, or a thing you worry about too with a if you've got someone who's really dumb. If you are doing a joke about like maybe race yeah. or like um, oh, yeah. homosexuality or something, Dang and yeah. they don't get the joke, but just because of the thing you are talking about. They take the take that you don't want to be a so you know what I mean? Where you're right. like, fuck no, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, right. Yeah. But Chappelle they, talked yeah. about that. They cut they cut me off early in the biker bars if I start off with the growing up in a, as a gay kid in the South. Like <laughs> I don't even get to the part where I you know, I'm not gay, but 
you know, sometimes they are not with that. And that's mm-hmm. when I didn't read the room. And, you know, hopefully I don't get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that comes down to it, too. Like, depending on how much time you're doing, reading the room yes. may not help yeah. you in it's this hard. situation. We got double booked in a. Uh, it was great lineup. Uh, Tony Burkett was headlining. Uh, it, it was last week in Florida. We got double booked with a pool tournament. So, I mean, not only did anybody, Whoa. nobody give a fuck about my set. I ate shit. But also some drunk lady came up and tried to get the mic and announced that somebody's Buick uh, needed to be moved. Anyway, it was the During worst. During your set? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't give her the mic. I said, uh, yeah, hey, somebody, somebody's taking a shit. Uh, get, t- come out and get your Buick. Like, she was so not with me. Nobody was listening. Dude, I, it was the worst. Like, like, having to do a set at a pool tournament? Yeah. For a comedian? Okay, that's, that would it's be the, the sound. That's it's the equivalent the of like a dog having a nightmare uh-huh. that there's just mailmen everywhere. Yeah, I <laughs> It's true. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, that's when that's I learned it. that yeah. I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a noob. I'm a rookie because the headliner turned it around. Like he, you know, he attempted to do his jokes and I've seen him do well. He's a real funny guy and, and not new at this. He just started calling the pool tournament he was like all right swinging a miss all right he's winding up this guy you sure you want to do that sir i don't know and then the the guys in the pool tournament were like playing it up like they're physical comedians they were hamming it up and it was funny and everybody got engaged and i, and I told him i was like congrats you just got the crowd ready for comedy as you were closing your yeah, set right. and we yeah, all ate right. yeah, no, yeah, had a roll. <laughs> well, he with, built a bridge. Right? He did build a yeah. bridge. He showed us it was possible. I'm like, mm-hmm. damn it, why didn't I fucking think of that? I could have well, done that before. Yeah, but it's know. hindsight, you know. Yeah. That's, but I have noticed that. Like when I the first big opportunity I got to open for a headliner was Dave Stone. That's what that, yeah, that poster over him. your head. That's Dave Stone. That was that Ooh. night. And he, you know, we unfortunately had these two drunk dudes who it wasn't a very well attended show. Right. So there was a a lot of empty seats uh-huh. and these two drunk guys who are those guys from um the muppets uh the yeah so so guys. they were very much like that and they were heckling i was first and then maggie was second and then Jeez. dave stone got up and it wasn't you know date i didn't address it i tried to kind of be nice with yeah. it like i tried to incorporate it into what i was gonna yeah, say that time too i don't think either one of us could we were both terrified yeah. of shit like that. Oh, absolutely. I still am, so then yeah. Maggie gets up and she actually pointed out that they were like those two guys from the Sesame <laughs> Street or whatever. Muppets. Muppets. Yeah, Muppets. And, and so she did a good job of that. And she kind of was like, all right, now shut the fuck up. you know. <laughs> yeah. But then like they kept going and then Dave got up there. And when Dave got up, he was like, you know, he's such and such, blah, 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 blah. But it is time for you to shut the fuck up. Yeah. And they listened to him, yeah. but only because he was very oh, much. I think he used to be a cop. Yeah. And so like I he was able that. to kind of like put it into well, terms they could understand. The best thing he did is when the guy started, the yeah. guy like, man, I wish I remember what he said. He Because it was something ridiculous. And he just shouts something out. So then Dave stops and he goes... Okay. Then continue. And the guy's just like, I'm sorry. Uh, immediately <laughs> good. That's a good move. Yeah, he's like, expand on that. Yeah. yeah. What about mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, Yeah, okay. So you see, and he's like, Look, man, I'm glad and it was cool because it wasn't like he didn't just Rip be like, hey, one. fuck you yeah, or whatever. Yeah, right. He's yeah. like, look, man, I'm glad you're excited yeah. and I'm glad you're here yeah. and I want you to stay and enjoy the show. Right. But you're kind of being a dick for everyone else. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So please just yeah. stay, have a good time, have yeah. some drinks. 
laugh, I love you. Right. Shut the fuck up. Some people don't know the rules yeah. and they got to tell. Like, so he yeah, was kind of. So it's like he was being nice about it, but at the same time. Letting the guy know who's boss. Like I'm, like it's I'm f- gonna fuck you up right. over here. It's like, a firm boundary. It is. Yeah, yeah. 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 Letting him. He was. He was fair. He but was firm. nicely laying down the law. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I feel. I feel good when a seasoned comic can do that in a room because I'm like, yeah. oh, I kinda, I'm not. Well, maybe I'm a little more there now, but not anywhere near that level. Yeah, it's just like before you do comedy. Well, for yeah. me, it's like you you watch like hecklers and stuff, and you're like, man, I can't wait to when I'm gonna. Even when I first started, mm-hmm. I was like, I can't wait till I'm good enough to like yeah, shut down a heckler. Me too. And then I got to a point where I was like, No, I don't. I want to get to the point where like mm-hmm. I want to get to the point where I'm like, tell him like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, you know, I would much rather though, if I could somehow diffuse it in a better way or a funnier way, yeah. instead of being like fuck you and making and walking Walk them. Believe, yeah. To instead get them to be quiet and then stay sit here and then laugh at the rest of my yeah. set. Hey, for sure, man. You know, ideally I, that's the answer. I was watching. I was at a. I remember one time our our church decided to go and do a show at the Varsity, which is like a big LSU club right at the mm-hmm. North. Yeah, Gates. a lot of college kids over there. Yeah, I used I've to go in my early twenties. I used to I've go. It's a great. Place. It's a great yeah. place. So, so we went there. and we did like a like a church, like a like a college oriented. Yeah. Yeah church service with good music uh-huh. in the varsity. Wow. And they were they were people picketing. Uh-huh. Like kind of like the who's the um the Mississippi uh Westboro. Oh yeah, those yeah. kind of, those kind of people. Yeah, like, they, 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 they just protest everything Every, too. Yeah. They're just they're yeah, like they protest like veterans funerals yeah. and shit. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I know right. yeah. fucking the worst thing to fucking protest. Yeah. Oh. They, they they're really interesting but but they these were more like copycats mm-hmm. of them and so they were outside and they were protesting the idea of us doing like a churchy kind of thing in like right. a clear like a very like a club or a bar someplace mm-hmm. where there's all kinds of shit going right. on they need to learn about jesus then. Jesus, yeah. they the whores and thieves yeah. the biggest misconception yeah, jesus, jesus, yeah have you read yeah. any of the bible <laughs> so so we're there and um, so this guy was pretty smart and he knew, he was, you know, they don't go out there unprepared. Like right. he had some good talking points sure. to kind of like twist up the brain of like mm. a lesser intellect. Right. And so they were um, talking and I walked up and I one of these younger guys was about to get into a real back and forth, mm. like a potentially he didn't get out of control kind of situation. Like, wait, 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 hang on. Let him talk. Yeah. And, I, and, and I just sat and listened to him make some points for a while. And and the 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 only reason I'm bringing this up is because there are situations where it is so much better to win somebody over than to have them storm out, and that's one of those situations. Yeah. It's it's, but comedy is even more like the stakes are a little bit higher, <laughs> I think, in comedy because like if you successfully walk somebody out of the room, mm-hmm. you now have to go and like rebuild everything that you were trying and then guess what dude the clock was running the whole time all that shit was going down so now you're Mm -hmm. that much down in your and what you have left your whole set right your adrenaline's up probably like and you're trying to maintain like i'm a cool likable guy when you really want to just punch this fucking guy in the face yeah like i found that i don't know how to do roast or crowd work but i have to hate you so much out in the crowd that like it we're back in the schoolyard. I have to fucking hate your guts and then mm-hmm. I can be likable and funny. But if I just kinda don't like you, I look like a dickhead. There's a fine line like 
if I really can't stand what you're doing, I don't hate anybody, I don't think, but you know, you have to really be an unsavory character. And I've done it like maybe twice where I had one or two good lines, but that shit scares me to death, you know, Ugh, crowd work. Yeah, I, I think we're kind of, I think we might be, have some similarities in terms of like, um, uh, do, do you ever find, this is off, this mm-hmm. is so random, but sure. do you, do you think you're a people pleaser at all? For sure. Yeah. Okay. I've yeah. just, I've just started working on that, you know, with counseling and therapy and, mm-hmm. and comedy now, but yeah, for sure. My mom never told us, you know, she, I, she loves us and I love her, but she's real critical. Like we talked about yeah. earlier. You know, always had to look and dress perfect, me and my sister, and like present ourselves in a certain way, and never right. was. She just told me she's proud of me, and it, wow. like from last night, never has said that. And I think she just knows her time's coming up. You know, they're getting older. I don't know. Interesting. But it made me feel really good, and I think I'm always going to be trying to get her approval. Maybe I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I'm a I'm a people pleaser to a to the nth degree. Yeah, and, you know. Well, know. you're in the caring professions yeah, too, and right. so yeah. certain personalities are well suited yeah. to that. You're and right. backgrounds, I, they, I, I keep taking these these tests, yeah. and they keep saying you should go into the caring professions. And you I'm like, should. well, I, mean, I'm a, I work for a fucking global engineering firm. Uh, it's the most uncaring. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if, I did, if you took the test or the quiz or whatever? And at the end, it was like you should have a baby. Yeah, <laughs> or, or so you're autistic <laughs> you're and you should woman. have a baby. Yeah. 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 You're a lady. I have the person, and this is you not know gonna... what? just have a spa baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that sounds kind of nice. I took I took a, a personality test, and I essentially have the personality profile uh, of a woman uh, and so that's not probably surprising to anybody because a lot of my comedy is basically kind of like talking about that yeah and we're always like telling you yeah and if i didn't know it they'd be sure to let me know you're gay hey that's how yeah that's a good way to get in there with the ladies hey. actually it is hey, yeah. see yeah i could uh but but i that's where i get that too sometimes and it, hey it, it doesn't offend me i guess because i'm not a homophobe but some people get really upset about that. Yeah. So, you know, Zach, the first time I met this comedian from Florida, uh, Zach Van Gessel, he he's like, uh, no offense, but are you gay? You're giving off gay vibes. Like, no. <laughs> but I like your uh, boldness. You know? I'll say for certain things, okay, I was telling my wife this last night. I was like, I'm noticing a thing now that is one of these old school masculinity things mm-hmm. that you could consider toxic masculinity. Right. But I think we should bring it back. Yeah. And that is when I was learning how to drive and stuff, uh-huh. it used to be considered like if a man was not a good driver, mm-hmm. it's like you were less of a man. It's like, what are you, a chick? You don't know how to drive? And now I see a lot of men in like big old trucks and stuff. Don't know shit. Driving like chicks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was like, I think we need to bring that back again. I think, I we-, think we need to shame it. And in fact, I, I think it's... I think it's manlier. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't look look at you as less of a man. Like I could see you suck another man's cock, <laughs> and I would be like, "All right, that's his thing." But if I see you stop at a roundabout, yeah, he's you're not a man. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like you're. Tr- hey, yeah. and that you can ask any of my close friends. 
I'm the worst, fu- not only the worst fucking driver, the worst with directions. I'm worse than an Asian woman. Like, I really am. And I love Asian women. They're my favorite women. So Scandal no, noted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did so much so that, that my car is still in New Orleans from last Friday because I fucking hate driving. I usually bring a comedy buddy with me, mm-hmm. and I was so excited just to go. I didn't. And, yeah, it's – and I agree. Like, every other – that's how we – that's, like, the the ultimate gauge of masculinity, mm-hmm. like, is driving. And I'm the worst. I'm so ready to just fucking hire one of my kids to drive me around. I fucking hate it. But anyway. Just to be clear, are you saying that you have a car that's sitting in, like, a pay-per-day parking garage somewhere? Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> shout out Chapatula Street parking garage <laughs> on Chapatula Street in beautiful New Orleans, Louisiana. It's our podcast. Like, fuck yeah. Pay by the day. They mentioned me on yeah, yes. right. They gave Ch- us a shout out. Yeah. That, again, that's on Chapatula Street in New Orleans. It's 30 dollars a day so i'm thinking i'm looking at about 300 bucks right now i might just wait for one or two more days because i'm dreading the all my friends who are around there are like you don't want to come this day and then the next day oh this fucking parade's even ah, worse because it's right. going to be so crazy right you know? so i've read i've i've compulsively or impulsively read every Yelp review like all night at this particular parking garage. It has the best security in the city. With that being said, still break-ins happen. You know, I have like Mm -hmm. so much shit in there. Anyway, it's totally... Go easy on him, guys. He pronounced Chapatulis correctly. Hey, I did. So, you know, be cool. Be cool. That's where I was born in New Orleans. My parents had. My dad's from D.C. Mine's from from, uh, Meridian. They had me in New Orleans. They didn't think they could have kids. But yeah, I talk like Paula Dean, but they, you know, they talk like, like intelligible uh human beings (laughs) all right we like to wrap up each Mm -hmm. episode with a hypothetical question for the guests so hopefully like illuminate like what in your life rivals stand-up comedy Mm -hmm. and like importance and meaning so like i had this experience where i realized at one point that i would give up sex for comedy if it meant that like all of my comedy dreams would come true exactly the way that i wanted them to so like if you had to make a deal with the devil to uh to give something up something that was very Mm. costly but then in exchange for that all of your comedy dreams would come true exactly the way they wanted them to what do you think that that would be well i i've got a question is there a caveat with the thing i kind of want what you just said Mm -hmm. okay if i had to give up sex can i still jerk off yeah in my hypothetical i could still jerk (sighs) off. you know the first one to ask that question too (laughs) yeah i'm not first okay all right well then all right let me think of something else Right, no, so, no, I'm saying, I'm no, just saying, like, can we jerk, people yeah. definitely you know, want to know. Ask, can we I jerk want, off? Yeah. Oh, man, I would love my comedy to take off, but yeah. Because you mentioned before that you, mm-hmm. you were, you were like, oh, maybe I could be asexual, like, as, maybe yeah. as a joke. Dude, so I was just, I was if wondering. I stay, if I stay busy doing comedy, I mean, I'm sure I'd want a nice lady, but I know that the, the chances of me meeting somebody that's not setting their ways with fucking kids and, you know, just all these extra little quirks baggage like i don't have any the the as the possibility of that for me seems slimmer i could totally do just that and i think that's what i would be you're gonna be married in five years Uh, until the next pretty girl (laughs) who smells good walks by that's when well well, that's when it ends up happening where you end up really finding someone for sure. a good relationship yeah. is when you're not desperate for it it's and you're, right. all, and you're like what, whatever I'm happy and then 
Dude, that is it takes too, I think most of the time relationships don't work. Yeah. It's people are not too happy people. They're looking for the other person to make them to happy. To fulfill them. And you, you're no, right. they drag each other down instead. I know. And I feel like it's such a, a paradox, I guess you would call it. Like when I'm hanging out with my comic pals, who's just pretty much my only pals. I got two or three. Shout out to non-comic people. You know who you are. But <laughs> when I have a good set, I'm hanging out with my buddies. I'm just thinking, man, I need to have a woman. And then when I have a good woman who like puts who who probably is better than I deserve, I'm just mm-hmm. thinking, how the fuck can I get out of here and go mm-hmm. go hit up a mic or do mm-hmm. some comedy? I got to get out of get away from this woman and do comedy. So you know, I'm never happy, but I think I'd be happier doing comedy. I think when yeah. I went to Florida and we bumped into each other yeah, at, at, at Delicia, not too. Delicia's mic. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, it was there. It, yeah, it's her we and to, Elizabeth, right? Uh, yeah, uh, Olivia. Or no, no, Olivia. Yeah, Olivia All right, yeah. Delicia so I, bumped, I think we bumped into each other there, and mm. I think you were with somebody. Red uh, hair? Yeah. Oh, yeah, long term. Why did your last, like, you know, Very relationship good. not work out? <sighs> and it was raw until, and I think that helped my comedy. Well, it, it it didn't work out. It gave me a few bits, but it, I'm trying to not think like a comedy. It didn't work out because the very thing she liked me for, I'm spontaneous, I'm passionate, adventurous, I'm fun, mm-hmm. uh, uh, interesting, is the same shit she was picking me apart for mm-hmm. a year later. And, yeah, and like the jokes, why is that? That's not a reflection negatively on me. I've not sold you any uh, fake Billy goods. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Bill of goods. Yeah. I've not been fake advertising. That's on you, girl. You don't. Yeah, you know. there's some women that do that. Yeah. I've noticed too that some women do this thing too where they take a guy. Mm-hmm. They'll meet a guy yeah. and he's single, so he's single and he's very free. Yeah, and, fun. and he's doing a lot of guy shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then they, sh- and then they take him and then they like domesticate him yeah. and then they turn him into this sweater wearing motherfucker and yeah. he's carrying a purse. At- <laughs> That's what happened to my dad. <laughs> he's carrying a purse at Bed Bath and Beyond, and then at a certain point. Then they go fuck this other guy, or they want yeah. a divorce because they're right. like, well, you're I'm not, not attracted to you anymore. Exactly. It's like, yeah, because you yeah. turned me into a bitch. You right. Know what I mean? So it's like their entire relationship was a shit test to see, like, if I can turn this dude into a low T king, yeah. then fuck him. I'm going to go find yeah, somebody. somebody else. It's like, I don't think, or I don't think they do it with any type of. Oh, no, of no, no. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's accidental. Yeah. That's accidental, a fucked yeah. up yeah. thing. About that they don't yeah. realize that what they were attracted to in the beginning it's was. the real you because they're straight heterosexual women yeah. is that they were attracted to the man being a man. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I always keep like so me and my true. wife even talk about this yeah. to where like, she'll laugh about like she'll on Facebook, like uh-huh. when Christmas time comes uh-huh. and she'll see like the, the, the dude who he's in pajamas with his wife, oh, you know, fuck. the wife buys him Again, the matching pajamas. That's, that's, been, made. that's yeah. been me. That's been me on the Christmas card. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, what a bitch. Yeah. And my, my, my wife's always like, she'll I, cause she's, she's like, you know, the guy doesn't want to do that, <laughs> Never. but he's doing it. And she's like, she she tells me she's like one you know one of the things I like about you is you would never do this yeah that's good and you I stick never to would. your guns that's like I good. never I don't go to like fucking baby showers <sighs> that now like men and women go to baby showers yeah. I don't go to that and I'm not trying to be like oh because because I'm a man Alpha. even though it yeah. kind of is yeah. for that reason but a lot of it's because well it fucking sucks it does yeah, yeah. it fucking it sucks does. and you know y'all know it fucking sucks and now <laughs> at some point women decided like. 
it's not fair that they don't have to do this shit. <sighs> right. Instead of just not doing it yeah. anymore, yeah. now y'all want to drag us to. And I'm not going because right. it fucking sucks. It's good. It's good yeah. to stick I've to your guns. I've never been to one. Wow, but yeah. every time a woman gets back from a baby shower yeah. and tells me about it, I want to fucking kill myself. Yeah, because yeah. they're talking about how horrible. So it yeah, is, I'm, not go- I'm not going. I'm not going. And we uh, talked about that the other day on the podcast. But like women talk so much shit mm-hmm. about each other when they come home from like dude. hanging out with yeah. one another yeah. at like a girls event only yeah. and it's like dude I, I don't i don't want nothing to do with i don't want to go yeah you just told me about this monster and then it's like right. oh hey girl what's oh, like, yeah. oh, that's, a, that's yeah. the thing about being in any kind of couple is that like they tell you all the shit about their friends that they don't like and or in-laws that's like uh-huh. never complain about your spouse to your parents uh-huh. because they will then have they're some never ammunition. gonna forget that they're never that gonna forget i know you, maybe right. you were having a bad day so you complained about them. like yeah. oh you just you just planted a seed that's gonna grow to an oak tree <laughs> bingo now. bingo yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bingo. And that's what this podcast is really all about: is a marriage advice. Yeah, uh, yeah. The <laughs> fucking one talking to that. Bitches be crazy. Bitches be shopping yeah. and crazy. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, Derek. Do you have any um, dates or socials you want to plug? Oh yeah, February sixteenth, downtown Pensacola, BTB Comedy. Catch me and Tony Burkett along with host Olivia Cersei and Delicia Nicholas for Odd Colony Brewing Company, eight p.m. I'll be open. Opening up, I think, and then I'm going to shoot over to Foley and co-host a roast battle with Lamar DeFore. Uh, check my socials for the exact location. I double booked it, but I checked with the mm-hmm. two people. It's good. And then uh, I think, uh, yeah, I got a festival in May. That sounds fun. And uh, yeah, I think there's some more, but that's the only ones I want to plug. Oh, yeah, it, it's been a pleasure, dude. Y'all are so fun and well, interesting. Also, you mentioned your socials. Where can people find you? Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you. Good. Old man here. Uh, I am on Facebook at Derek Shirley Comedy and Dube Shirley 79 on Instagram. And then you can catch me on TikTok at Sherrick Durley Comedy. And <laughs> if you don't remember all that, then you can we'll put it on the screen. Yeah, there you go. Good. See, y'all are so professional. <laughs> Fuck, dude. This has been a blast. Yeah, well, you both are. Yeah, it's like the yin and yang. Right now, yeah. Hey, I couldn't tell. Yeah, I couldn't tell. No. Well, folks, we hope you guys have enjoyed this really stimulating conversation yeah. with our wonderful guest, Eric Shirley. Dude. And of course, you guys keep plugging away in it. We'll see you next week.